And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. All I hear are these questions. They want to know about my whole life. As long as they keep making animated Star Wars, Hope Malnax and Chris Honeywell will be on the case. Welcome to J-Guys and Jedi, a project that began with Clone Wars and now may never end. music going on right now, Chris. Um, not just any episode of J Guys and Jedi. This is our 300th episode! Yoda, do shots! The what? I said Yoda, do shots! Oh, jeez, no. No jello <laughs> shots. No jello shots. <laughs> jello shots off a hut? Mmm. Look at the lime. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Chris? Good. I I have something to tell you. I have betrayed uh-uh. you. I heard. And now, I... in my defense, it was because my friend um, messaged me and she was like, I need somebody to help me out with this because I had a guest dropped out. Do you think you could have this done by Saturday and be on the be on my show for me? And since I, I work with the waffles, it was one of the waffle shows, I was like, yes, I will help you out. So Chris, I know I was gonna wait for our show, but I've watched droids. Oh, oh Jesus, okay. Yeah, that's that's a big betrayal, Hope. I know. I, we a were big always betrayal. We were saving droids and Ewoks for our show, but I had to help a friend out. She needed me. Well, here's here's the thing, though. Now you have our you when we do the. I mean, that's the thing is when we do them for the show. Like if we did it, like if we decided to like we'll go through the whole thing, you'd have to. It would be a rewatch anyway. So now, what's interesting? Have you seen droids? I have seen individual episodes of them sporadically over the years. I don't remember. I know I watched the the pilot episode and then a couple other ones that I'd read were standout ones that, you know, there's always a few sitting around on YouTube. Yeah, because here's the thing. Droids, I would actually wouldn't want to go episode by episode because droids is split into three arcs. So we could actually do like a mini series like we did with Star Wars Visions. Okay. So there's okay. like a four episode arc, a four, a five episode arc. And then the last arc, actually, what's weird about it is the hour long finale is actually uh, the first episode of the third arc. Which is weird. <laughs> so there's so there's really not that many episodes of it. I thought it'd run a couple seasons or no, so. I was, thought there'd 
like 30 was, or 40 episodes at least. Nope, it was 13 episodes plus the one hour finale, which is out of order chronologically because it technically is the first episode of the third arc. Mm. <laughs> so it's actually, I, I found it like it's five and a half hours on YouTube. Because uh, somebody had put all of them together on YouTube, and I watched it on 1.5 speed, and I knocked it out in like three hours. <laughs> but so it's, it's not a long watch. It's 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 uh you know so you know what I mean. It's it's like it's TV quality Nelvana sort of. It's and very dude, very there's, kid. There's a there's a uh, bad guy who has Mock's lips, and I was like, oh my god, it's Admiral Mock. And in the first arc, the dude with the, I think his name's like Troll or something, he has an orange mohawk. He looks like Omar from Rock and Roll. Well, remember when you we were talking about the movie and you, you had notes about Mock's lips. And it's like, they probably spent so much time animating Mock's lips and they probably just had file cabinets full of animation cells of just Mock's lips that they were like, you know, we cannot let good lips go to waste. No, and they probably no. okay, they probably filmed like they didn't film as many single frames because it was for TV, so you didn't get that smooth mock look. But yeah, I mean, yeah. it's uh, it's very Nirvana. Like as I was watching it, I was like, I'm actually really glad that I've seen Rock and Roll um, because I can recognize this very easily as Nirvana's work. Yeah, like very easily. But it's and and if you want to hear like my full thoughts, um, you can look up the episode on Space Waffles because I'm and that's my friend Arzu's show and it's part of the Geeky Waffles that I work with. Um, what's really cool about it though is you can see a lot of early concepts for stuff that comes later. Like there's a Dex Diner scene and the owner of the diner has four arms, this big forearm guy just like Dex. Before we even got close to Attack of the Clones. This was like, what, like 15, like 15, 20 years before Attack of the Clones came out? Yeah. So it's yeah. really cool. Like, And at one point they find like this triangle artifact. And I'm like, that's a Sith holocron. That looks exactly like the Sith hol holocron that Ezra has in Rebels. And so it's really cool to see a lot of these like really early ideas and designs. There's a character named Kaibo Ren. And he's a not aged well oh, Chinese no. looking... What? That's insane. I cannot believe that. I cannot believe. Hope. Well, you just did. You you just wrote about this, right? I was on a podcast for it. Oh, okay. Because I, I, you know, I mean, I have never heard anybody mention Kaibo Ren before. That's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he looks like a hasn't aged very well Chinese stereotype fat man. But it's K-Y-B-O space R-E-N, Kaibo Ren. And he's a space pirate. And he's, and he's like, and he's kind of sleazy, but also like compliments women. He's just like, oh, you're a very smart, capable woman. And she's like, oh, you <laughs> captured me. He's like, yeah, great. Well, it is a it's a Canadian show, you know, so they're very friendly over there, you know? Hey. It's, yeah. It's, Actually, it's, it's, it's a galaxy far, far away and then just a little more north, you know, and a little friendlier. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I felt bad for betraying you, but like RZ really needed like some backup and some help. It's, and I was just like, oh, okay. uh, I, I encourage that 
kind I of still trail. have not watched Ewoks, if, though. Like, if, our pa- I, if our podcast was a marriage, then I would approve of that as sw- you, you, you're out there swinging. You can, sw- you can swing with the, <laughs> with the other podcasts and the, and the droids. I mean, you swing with pl- plenty of other podcasts. I too. swing. Oh, come on. I'm, I'm dipping it in all over the place. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We have an open podcast marriage over here on Dig Eyes yeah. Jedi. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying but, to th- what's what the hell is it? What what the hell is why can't I remember the name of it? The, I know. Um, polyamory? Po- the polyamory uh poly <laughs> uh podcast stammerous relationship. <laughs> we're a where poly- we to do where we get to do whatever the hell we want. We're a polycool of podcasts. But I, I did almost message you like I'm sorry. All the rest of the po- all the rest of the podcasters on Two True Freaks are just like a collective shudder ran through them. They don't even know why right now. <laughs> <They're just> like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so if you want to hear me talk like an hour about droids with two of my friends, um, look up Space Waffles. Um, it's our Star Wars podcast, part of the Geeky Waffle Network, and I've actually been on several episodes. So, but yeah, we recently talked about droids and. By the time this comes out, that should be out. Because I think that was our last episode of the year that's coming out in, like, I think next week. So. But yeah. should be out by this time. <laughs> yes, it should. Yeah, it should. Because, yeah, we recorded it before. Because this is, I, I think, our, our first episode of the new year, if I remember correctly, if we counted our days right. Either Happy New Year or Happy New Year next week. <laughs> yeah, we're close. I don't which we're one. very close. No, I think yeah. This no. is our first episode of the new year. Because um, then we start Mando next week. Mando! Yeah, I got to get on. As you've heard, uh, well, you haven't heard it yet, but as you'll hear next week, we'll have a. I, I have a. I have a plan for uh, going forward for an intro for Gene Gene the. The MC machine. I can't wait to hear it. I well, yeah, me either. I get, can't wait to write it. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but I gotta, I gotta <laughs> get it quick because Gene's on vacation as we speak. Oh, we should um, just a suggestion. Have somebody like, and someone arrive to challenge Sleazy Yoda's throne, Baby Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> Coming in at three thousand pounds, Grogu. <laughs> Three thousand ounces of. Cubes. I saw somebody posted a picture of a photograph of a Grogu doll with the elf in the shelf's feet sticking out of its mouth. <laughs> I'm laughing because I just saw someone photoshopped an elf on the shelf, but with Thrawn's face on it, just critically looking down. <laughs> oh Jesus! Me. It was the scariest thing. Just like critically looking down from the shelf, just Thrawn on an elf on the shelf. You ought, you ought to you ought to Photoshop a picture of Thrawn on your your uh, in your front yard and be like, you guys have heard of the elf on the shelf? Well, how about the Thrawn on the lawn? Yes. Sorry, I accidentally hit the mute button as I yelled Thrawn on the lawn. <laughs> or how about Thrawn, Thrawn riding a, a shrimp and it's the Thrawn on the prawn. Thrawn on... That's actually... <laughs> so Megan has um, a little Thrawn toy and she likes to pose it around different places and her husband actually like drew a picture of Thrawn on a prawn, like riding on a prawn. Thrawn on a gong would work. That's more of an Emily Dickinson slant rhyme, but I'll accept it. Sure. <laughs> so, Chris, it's our 300th episode. 
Yeah. <laughs> Excited. Yeah, it is. I was trying to f- sound gristled. I was trying to sound yeah. like 300 yeah, episodes. And, you know, it, it's really crazy because I was thinking, like, we thought we were just going to do, when we started this podcast, we just had Clone Wars and Rebels. And so we just thought we were going to do Clone Wars and then, and maybe Rebels. We didn't even decide if we were going to do Rebels yet because neither of us was watching it. And now it's like never going to end. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, basically, we end up doing everything. Yeah. If, if if it all comes down to we, you know, we'll do a comment when if a movie comes out, we usually do a commentary on it. We'll do reviews of them when they come out. So there's, uh, and now we're talking. Now we're seriously talking droids and Ewoks. Remember, we've always been just like, oh, ho, ho, maybe someday we'll do droids and Ewoks. Nudge, nudge. Hello, 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 But uh. Now we're seriously discussing it. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there's, there's very, you know, there seems to be very little that's going to escape our gaze. I think eventually. somebody said that there's like between, between Book of Boba Fett, Bad Batch, Andor, and Kenobi, they said some, somebody said something like there's only like five weeks next year that doesn't have Star Wars running at some point. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is. I it's hope insane. it. I, I hope it's a good thing. I hope it's a good thing. I hope they don't. I don't. I hope they don't overdo it with the TVs, like they with the TVs. I hope they don't overdo it with the TVs, like they did with the with the movie shows. But uh, I but I think it'll be a don't little better because they're different. They're different time periods and genres, and they're like in for in the case of Bad Batch, it's a, it's a completely different medium. Well, there's. I, I was reading there's talk of there's a show that's that features Kylo Ren and features the world within worlds and it's it's like that, that's not confirmed at all. <laughs> I'm sure it's I'm sure it's not but like they're they're just that whiff that 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 smells of like the kind of thing of like I get the whiff that Filoni and Favreau are really like have mapped something out. Maybe they've, maybe they've, maybe they've, uh, which they probably uh, Disney should have done <clears throat> right from the beginning or Lucasfilm through D- Disney Lucasfilm should have done right from the beginning with the sequel trilogy is plan it all out or, you know, plan it all out like Marvel do, you know, I think like I the, realized their mistake. They're looking. They're looking. They're looking at these TV shows, and then they experimented with, with the Mandalorian, which was really popular for being sort of like this, very episodic show. And then the second season, they they felonied it. They started branching the story out and adding characters and bringing characters from the past in, and it worked. So that is something because Book of Boba Fett and Ahsoka are in what. Well, we were going to get Rangers of the Republic. That's more than likely 100% scratch now. Um, but, like, it was all supposed to be within, like, a Mandoverse building to a... They, and they have said it, it's building to a big climax, of all these shows. Um, and they're, they are all connected, which the big climax is, is probably going to be live-action Thrawn, which I still have very mixed feelings about, but still. And a lot of these shows are also... They are also... They have a beginning, middle, and end, you know? Yeah. And so, so, like, yeah, 
I mean, these will keep us busy, but they're also, there's not going to be like seven, well, you know, maybe Mando or something, but not Book of Boba Fett. There won't be like seven seasons of it or something like that, you know. So it'll, we, it'll, it'll run its course and then the next, you know, the next one will happen and, and they can spin off stuff out of them, probably. So now we are recording this. Um, so Book of Boba Fett's already running by the time this episode comes out. Oh we're, my God, it's so close. We're, it's, I was just about to say, it's a week away from tomorrow at the time of this recording. Because um, right now it's the 21st. Um, do you think, do you want Boba Fett to be one standalone season or do you want it to be an ongoing series? Uh, it depends. It, it's going to really depend on what happened, how it, how it looked. I'm kind of digging all the trailers I saw of it because it looks like it looks like it's a little lower budget than the Mandalorian, but it looks like they like probably uh, spent spent their budget like in certain places. According and, to the direct one of the directors, all the trailers has only been for, from the first episode and a half. We haven't seen anything past that. Okay, well, well, it looks, which is the, you know, I mean, when you come out with the opening episode, that might be one of the more, you know, one of the, usually it's like one of the more dazzling sort of episodes or one where you put some more money into it or whatever. But it, but I don't care about that as much. I mean, it looks good and that's all I really, you know, that's fine. Um, I, it looks like it's going to be a gritty crime drama. You know, it's good. And I cannot stress what a good actor that guy is. He's so good. And uh, I was watching uh, chunks of uh, Once Were Warriors, which I've mentioned before is a very good movie, but it's a very intense, violent movie. But he's amazing in it. And there's a couple shots in Book of Boba. There's a shot of Book of Boba Fett where he's coming forward with like a stick, a staff or stick in his hand. And he's just marching forward with, you know, pissed off intent. And it, and you can see that intensity. He And I mean, he's an intense... I'm, I'm sort of describing him to sound like an action um, actor. But I mean, he was a really good actor. So, like, I'm hoping... That, and Favreau is a director that pretty much started out doing movies that were like actor oriented, you know, that were sort of more like Kevin Smith, like lots of talking movies. So, I mean, it could be it, it could be really intense and cool. I mean, he didn't really get to do much in the in the prequels. So. And and it also looks like he's lost some, like been to the gym, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I it could be it could be pretty crazy. It could be really good. Yeah, like I've actually been really trying to like I, I watched the original trailer and then like I happened to see one on TV, but I've been trying to kind of avoid everything because um, I, I kind of just want to be surprised. So I've been kind of like avoiding the trailers and stuff like that. Um, the thing that I'm excited for Book of Boba Fett is actually getting to really know more about Boba Fett. Because, like, I, you know, you guys know me, I'm a prequel stan. So, like, I think Boba Fett was fine, but he never did anything for me in the original trilogy. Yeah. And, then we got the, and then we got the Clone Wars stuff, which I, I liked seeing him as a kid, and, but he still wasn't my favorite. But, like, watching Mando, and, and I'll definitely talk about this later because this question comes up later. Um, 
Mendo was the first time I was like, oh, I see why everyone loves Boba Fett. <laughs> so I'm actually like really getting like excited to like kind of get into yeah. this character and stuff. But here's the, here's the thing. That isn't why everyone liked Boba Fett because we never saw anything like Boba That There's never been anything to like Boba Fett outside of maybe some of the comics and even... I was about to say, this is where people start arguing EU and they're like, well, there's all these books and comics yeah. about okay. Boba Okay, whatever. But as far as like the movies go, Boba Fett was a joke in the movies. So it was like you had really nothing to be like, and he was either a joke or a little kid in the TV show and the in the other movies. So there was never anything to really be like, yeah, Boba Fett did that really cool thing because he never did anything cool except wear his super awesome Mandalorian armor. There is a time where my favorite version of Boba Fett was Robot Chicken. Yes, because they made him into a character. <laughs> At least but, I didn't like, go out like punk. <laughs> but, but really, I, I like I was if you you remember I was totally like I don't want I do not want Boba Fett in the Mandalorian. I, I was, was like, the same way. We both were. I was like, why? Well, I, I just it's just like name it's just like name checking. And everybody I, I thinks would like Boba Fett. Fan wank. It's just gonna be fan wank and, and no substance. And, and the every, we were both wrong. And the everybody thinks that Boba Fett cool thing is something I dispute. I don't know how how many like, like I mean like I've had this conversation with Scott Gar, who was a big Boba Fett fan, like when he came out because he looked so cool and it was like he was such a cool character. But we all like admitted that he never did anything in the movies. The coolest stuff he did was when you had the action figure and were. We're do you know setting up and like the you know so we were always wanting something really cool to like Boba Fett, but then he got eaten by the Sarlacc. So I was like, oh, okay, but now yeah, it's it it was now he is a character, and they just brilliantly used the the you know elements of the prequels and. They brought, yeah, they brought him back perfectly. I, not only do I care about him, I was getting sight, like, you know, when he was showing up at the end of The Mandalorian, I was just like, yes! <laughs> beat them with your, beat them now, Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm also really excited to learn more about Finnick Shan, too, so. So, you know, I mean, we're, 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 we're yeah, we mean, are 300 me. episode veterans of Dave Filoni. We should, we should have seen it coming. <laughs> Who knows well, what's coming? Who knows what he's going to get us with? There's a lot of shit to get us with potentially coming up. Mm-hmm. Well, for our 300th episode, as we've been promoting, we decided to put out a call of an Ask Us Anything, where you can ask us anything about Star Wars. And you guys have answered the call. And we also got a lot of like nice surprises, too. Like, um, one of our listeners asked us like specific podcast questions, which was like really nice. Um, but Chris Honeywell, the, the mysterious man of the interwebs, has agreed to answer three personal questions for this Ask Me Anything. And I will say there's technically four, but one's kind of like a podcast related question. So, like, yeah. it's. It's, it's related, but... It's so. very te- it's kind of technical, sort of. But yeah, it's a good, so like it's three a good and a half. It is a good question, though. I like that question because I like the I like the answer to it. And and I like that question, too, because we do have new listeners who haven't been here for all 300 episodes. So, like, I, I like that question, too. It's good to... The, the answer to it, like, connects a lot of 
a lot of different elements of Two Two Freaks. It connects a current show. It connects parties at Dario's in New York City. It connects uh, Scott Gardner's in my childhood. All in one. Yeah. So let's get into it. We decided right. that we're going to start with the Chris questions. So, Chris, for your first personal question, what is your most successful griff you ever pulled? Okay, first, before I, I'm going to preface this with saying I don't really... Technically, a grift is um, getting money or something, you know, getting, getting, getting something somebody from somebody through deception usually money or theft of a, a item by using by using false information or you know or lying in, in some way i've never done i've never done it for money <laughs> or to, to get anything from it that's that is the crew but the, the word grift is so like ubiquitous today for just sort of a scam or so and the only reason I'm I'm fine tuning it is because I don't like if that if I I want to redefine it so I can answer it in some so I have some so I don't want to be like I well you know what I've never done a grift and then pass on to the next question because I know what the question means it's you know an, an escapade or a some sort of some sort of tricky tricky deceptive maneuver in order to do stuff which i usually do for art always for art always for you know art and amusement which are the same things and sometimes for you know a cause or a uh, you know just general <laughs> humanity <laughs> but the actual answer to the question the most successful grift i've ever pulled off is also i'm um, it's uh, and i is also going to be one of those things where I could dodge out and say, because I'm not going to really tell you because it's ongoing. It's been ongoing for 30, 30 some years now. And, uh, where, um, myself and at least one other person have forged fake identities. And it's, it started before the onset of the internet. And as the internet was starting we knew that we would be able to forge those forge a history for you know history for those identities even further than what we'd done before mm -hmm. by infiltrating say wikipedia and stuff like that and then over the last you know 30 30 some years we've started seeing our our characters interactions I'm making air quotes <laughs> interactions, you know, um, with other real, with real, you know, people from history sort of, we sort of forest gumped ourselves into, uh, into, uh, a lot of situations, you know, and, uh, and then would and so now we're seeing books that, you know, have us in it because we were doing something here where this person was or something like that or quotes and stuff like that. So that's my most successful. That one's ongoing. There's actually projects to to enhance that into the future. <laughs> into the future. <laughs> but I would say the one that was the most gratifying for me was on Facebook. And uh, 
I was I was a member of a group that would just sort of just sort of mass drop into like usually hate groups, you know, like this was when Facebook was this was when like if Facebook had a, a, a group that was openly hating on a minority group like in the title of their name and then just openly doing it on the page, you could report them all day long and nothing would happen. Nothing would happen. And uh, it was uh, this one particular... Still sounds like normal Facebook if we're paying Yeah, no, it was much... It was much worse, but it wasn't as widespread and it wasn't as popular. But where it happened, it could just sit there and and be just openly openly ugly and and hateful and calling for violence or whatever you know this one turned out to be uh it was uh i i believe it was called anti-gay rights was the oh. name of the group and somebody goes we're all going to anti-gay rights today to and what would happen is we would go there and most people would go there and and you know pick on pick on them or you know try to figure out who they you know just sort of generally troll them which in in a lot of ways unless you're doing it right are is kind of pointless because people just block you and and kick you out of the group and stuff like that but i just started i i i noticed their their um objection to gay people was religious and when i say it i say it as if they were like this was a bunch of high school kids and they you know they were just like yeah bible says it's wrong blah 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 and i remember just sarcastically saying something like you know i i admire you kids you you you're 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 really you know i should preface this by chris is trolling them (laughs) oh yeah i'm 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 in a i'm i'm in a character named pure evil at this point and I go, this, yeah, I, I'm like, it's good to see, you know, the youth of today are embracing true, you know, the true words of the Bible or something like that. And they loved it. <laughs> and they just thought I was cool. And they made me a moderator. <laughs> Yay! Yes. Oh. Yes, yes. And I, and I, so I like, it was one kid who was running the whole thing. He was the ringleader and him and a bunch of his friends. And uh, I started I started figuring out this gets into a much more. So I won't get into the whole um, <laughs> the, their parents were teachers, but their parents were also like white supremacists and had their <laughs> own had uh, their own private news group on a whole other f- platform altogether that I got onto. And uh, that it was, and and this was a this was in a little town in like New England, you know, uh, little, little uh, upper upper middle class to rich, you know, wealthy. What this their high school was very nice, very well funded, and uh, the stuff that their parents talked about. But anyway, as as a moderator back in those days of they've since changed the rules because of thing because of things exactly like this as a moderator i had the power i had god power with the group so i had the power to boot off all the other moderators take away their moderation <laughs> privileges 
<laughs> give myself sole moderating privileges, change the name to the, this group still stands on Facebook. And I, 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 I want to get the name right. It's been so long since I've been there, but it's still everybody. People post on it a little bit still to this day. It was like eight years later. Um, I changed it to uh, um, gay people are perfect perfectly all right with me or are gay people are perfectly fine with with me and it was supposed to be a, a page where straight and gay people could just hang out <laughs> and and as as now the sole moderator when i posted i posted it when it put my name I, this is how i discovered it i put a post up there one day and it and I posted as anti-gay rights and I'm like, why am I posting as anti-gay rights on this? I'm like, Oh, I'm a, I'm an administrator moderator. So I get, you know, I'm the voice of the page, which has been this kid. So then I started, go, you know, then I closed off all the other people, changed the name of the page, changed uh, the picture was like a picture of the the pope and a rabbi like lip kissing um um and then like and then and, and this was the and then i invited the group that invited me there and said hey guys find we're, we're gonna throw the hugest gay party on this you know tell this story and get all your friends who are gay and straight that like gay people get them to join this group and, and they lost uh, their shit didn't they Oh, they lost their shit. Because I left them in. I left them in the group. But like immediately, I was just like, uh, you know, I'm like, you know, as a lot of you might have noticed the change in the page. Well, you know, I've been doing, you know, and I pretended to be the kid, and I'm like, I've been doing a lot of introspection, and you know, maybe, maybe I'm all right with gay people, and they're like, dude, are you all right and stuff? And I'm like, I don't know. I just, it just seems like they're people, you know, and like they should be able to just love whoever they want, right? Like that's what people should just be able to do is love other people, right? And they're like, dude, what's the matter? And then they started figuring out what's going on. And then they started threatening me. And I'm like, and I would just like put them on pause and be like, nope, you got to be polite to everybody <laughs> on this page. You guys can't, you guys can't say that stuff uh, anymore on this page. You got to be polite. You got to, you know, blah, blah, blah. it was, it's all, if, if you can find the page on Facebook, um, um, I think it's gay people are perfectly fine with me, um, or perfectly all right with me. Um, you can, you can, you can just scroll down on it to, you can, and there's a point, you can see the point where it becomes anti-gay rights. And they, you know, they're posting all their stuff, and then you can see that you can see all of it play. You can see all of it play out. It's all there, forever and ever. Amen. Because they can't erase it anymore. Because they're not the administrator. I am. I think I gave it. To, I think I gave it to a bunch of other people who are, who are definitely not going to give it back to them. So that's the one. I, that's the most. That's the one I'm the most proud of. That that one was hilarious i mean that one was like i got to spend like three days in my room and every post would put me on the floor laughing as i was just like oh god <laughs> found one from 2016 of gay pride photographer captures male lions mating in the wild <laughs> oh my god chris you're a legend 
I think still one of my favorite stories is where, like, I, I forgot where it was, um, but, like, you made a left-wing account, a right-wing account, and argued to yourself so the trolls could actually see reason. <laughs> and you actually converted some of them to reason. <laughs> a couple, yeah. It, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, that's great. Results were varied. Next question. Next question! <clears throat> what is your earliest memory... And what is your favorite memory from childhood? Earliest memory that I can... There's two earliest memories. One of them is like from a horror movie. Because it, it's not. Because it wasn't horrifying. But it, it, it was talking to my imaginary friend, Sidjo, who was in the piano. And, uh, and on, the, on, the, on the radio, probably, or maybe my mother was playing a record, was the song MacArthur Park. And I remember my mother going, who are you talking to? I'm like, I'm talking to my friend in the piano. Um, and, and I also have a memory in that same house of like a birthday and getting um, a set of paints. But I thought they were watercolors. And I was trying to, and they were like in little plastic containers. I remember like trying to figure out how, how you were going to paint with them because it didn't seem like, and I just couldn't figure it out. And there's actually pictures of me doing that, looking very confused. Those are, those are my earliest favorite memory. That's a hard one. That's a that's a really hard one. They probably all have to do with my dog Luke, because I used to go walking in the woods with Luke. Those are some of my favorite childhood memories. Is Luke walking, named after walking. Luke Skywalker? He was. He Aww. was. He was. <laughs> and it was my dad's idea, actually. Oh, I think that's a very good one and fitting for for a Star Wars podcast. Yeah. Who was okay? Your next one. Who was the first person you loved, and what were they like? Uh, since I'm not dating them anymore for after twenty years, they're married now and whatever, I, and know nothing about my podcast or anything. I won't say their name, but it was uh, probably the, the the first girl that I dated for a uh, like. High school, I didn't know what I was like. The 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 couple people that I dated in high school, it was very just like awkward and dumb, you know. Uh, you know, little bit a little bit of awkward, gross kissing and stuff like that. College, once college got in, that's when like like I my brain had gelled enough for some kind of relationship, you know. And uh, yeah, the first girl that I dated there, I was we dated for like three or four years oh wow and, yeah and uh she was very nice she was a, she was uh uh from new york city from brooklyn um um self-described witch girl because i get a lot of girls that i find out they're like i'm a witch you know so i get i, I got that a lot especially in college i that sounds very you long hair maybe i had long hair i don't know but uh she was like but i mean she was from brooklyn and she was very brooklyn and she was very like kind of hippie like and she was a big grateful dead fan type thing so we you know we we shared a, a lot of activities uh, together and and interests and just Ooh, sort, of, activities. sort of activities and interests like you know like get in a car and go like let's go to a dead show dude and like with a bunch of our friends and stuff and it's very very college 
very college relationship sort of thing but yeah she was she was she was very very it was fun the first time we went to new york city to meet her parents who were also awesome and uh uh you know she's this this mellow hippie girl and then we start driving through new york city and like bam, bam, she's like get the fuck out of the road <laughs> like, Ooh, well <laughs> we're getting yeah, she was, yeah. How, how did you guys meet? Ah, that's a good question. I, I want to say, oh, we, we totally got fixed up by this girl, Nancy, now that I'm thinking about it. Nan she lived in, like, the next building over from me and had, I don't know how she had talked to uh, got talked to Nancy because Nancy was like a hermit who never left her house, but Nancy said I could to I could totally tell him tell him that you like him, and then she told it I was like a girl likes me in college, <laughs> I'm like I gotta check this out, and uh, yeah and uh, I just I remember going over just like on her on her dorm room door and her roommate Carla who was in the Society for Creative Anachronisms they were both metalsmiths they were both majoring in metal metal smithery in the School of American Craftsmen and Carla was really into Society of Creative Anachronisms so she was making her own chainmail and stuff and she was dressed up sort of in her she was trying on like this leather chainmail so she looked like um you know um um I'm trying to think of the, the the female version of Conan that they had, but she she looked like a uh, you know a, a Viking warrior, but she was a tiny little tiny little redhead girl, you know, and in like warrior outfit answered the door, and, and I was like, this doesn't sound like the this doesn't sound like the girl that they described, and I'm like Stacy, and she's like, no, that's my roommate, I'm Carla. So wait, was it you got together with Carla then? No, I did not. Okay. That was just my fir my first impression was just like what did they sent they sent me to like this this warrior Zeno <laughs> 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 warrior princess's apartment and and you know Stacy was like in a hoodie. Now I got names out, but that okay. I couldn't I I, I slipped with the name. I can always bleep it, but she's you always be like in like like she ain't she ain't listening and I ain't talking shit either. There's no shit to talk. She was perfectly, perfectly nice. Can I ask why you guys broke up? Did it just not work out? Because I was in college and I was just like, after a while, she was like talking about getting married and I'm like, I'm not ready to get married. It's yeah, uh, like normal that age was, stuff. Yeah, I was 20, 20, 20, going on 21, you know? And it was just like, I... I, I'd like to know how it is to be single. <laughs> yeah. I, I literally went to college and immediately got a girlfriend. That makes sense. I kind of went through the same thing because I, I had a... I didn't... All, not all through college, but I dated a guy for like two years. And he was a couple years older than me, so he was graduating first. And so I was just like, you know, I still am going to be here for two years and... And then there was other stuff going on too, but like he was a really nice guy. He's married now, and I'm still like Facebook friends with his grandmother, who still still sends me birthday messages. 
So, like, his, his family is very lovely. So, yeah, I get that, too. So, for the final Chris question, and this was kind of like a point five question, um, but when I saw this, I was like, yeah, like, l- let's address this, because we have a lot of new listeners, um, and it, it'd be good to talk about this. So the question is, and this was from our good friend Charles over at Gold Squadron Days, and he said... Every couple of weeks, you guys get candy from Dario and describe him as the co-host of Eat It and Beat It. But I don't think you've ever said specifically what that show is on J Guys and Jedi. Can you pitch it to us or, and more broadly, talk about some other interesting steps in your podcasting journey? Oh, yeah. Well, Eat It and Beat It was started as a conversation with, at, at Dario's place and uh in in new york city in kew gardens queens and we were all hanging out and it was a eclectic group of just passers-by in the streets of queens which it's a a very solidly the the neighborhood is frankly mostly hasidic jews and and um 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 Air, uh, flight attendants <laughs> that are that are you know e- you know living it's near the airport so they're 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 either li- they're living there so they're close to the airport or they're like renting a place there it's a it's a very strange very neat you know very active and vibrant neighborhood so people are just wandering in there's a lot of flight attendants hanging around there's a whole bunch of you know, two true freaks nerds, which some of us are like movie nerds. Some of us are more comic book nerds, you know, and all. De- so for, we were talking, I can't remember what the exact topic was, but we were talking about so, the the whole gist of the thing is we're cooking the whole time there. It's a big cookout. So we were talking, everybody's talking about food and Dario and I, and I'm, I've been working in restaurants for like 30 years and Dario just loves food and comes from a cooking family. So we were talking about all sorts of, you know, odd foods and how to cook stuff and stuff. Someone's like, you should do a podcast. And then at some point the, the topic came of like the two topics that like you probably couldn't go wrong with talking about our food, food and like sex in some, some capacity, you know, Uh, almost like the dogs and babies on commercials theory. And we were like, we should put them together. We should have a podcast that the first half of its food and the second half of its porn. And then that reminded me of the name of Scott Gardner's uncle's restaurant in black river, which was eat it and beat it. And so there was there had the name. So the first half of the show, is us talking about a certain topic of food or a recipe or something to do with food. And then the second is about porn in some way. We try to be creative about it and we try to connect it. We try to connect the food and the porn in some way, <laughs> in some conceptual way, so that there's there's sort of a theme between the two. And uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's eat it and beat it. And so I was thinking about the second question um, because we do have steps since we do have some like so many new listeners, um, a quick way like this is like the Reader's Digest version of how we made Jake as and Jedi was we, of course, Chris and I have been, you know, friends for over 10 years and I, we've been off and on like 
different shows together and stuff like that. Um, and we used to, I know I used to be on a show called Who True Freaks, which was a Doctor Who show. Um, but one day, um, we were just talking and, uh, this was right, you know, this was before The Force Awakens came out because our first episode was the first week of January after Force Awakens comes out. We were just talking about Clone Wars and I forgot which one of us, but one of us was just like, what if we just did a podcast about Clone Wars <laughs> and just go through every episode? Cause we were just like talking about it. Um, and so we started J guys and Jedi and it's, and, and I will come back to this um, in a minute. Cause I wrote a specific question for us for tonight. Um, but that's the very reader's digest of how we came up. We were just talking on Facebook and we were just like, let's do a Clone Wars show. And we were originally only going to do just Clone Wars. And then Rebels was running, and so we're like, all right, we'll do Rebels. And then as we were going through Rebels, of course, like, Clone Wars Season 7 came out, and then Resistance came out. Well, Resistance came out first, and then Season 7, and now we have Bad Batch and Mando and all these other things. So we're like, I guess Jacob's going on forever. <laughs> well, really, once we started doing Clone Wars, whenever a new show, when, when Rebels started, and I was just watching it, like, oh, Rebels is on, you know, the new Rebels is out tonight, I'll watch it. I was, I would pop it up and then grab for my notebook and so yeah i knew i was doomed we're do we're doomed we're to, to cover it you know because like even in like just started to watch rebels even in the back of my head i was still like thinking about like how to process it for a show <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah yeah oh well, well we haven't got bored of it yet <laughs> i'm having more fun as time goes on so i don't know yeah, yeah. i feel Feel no no need to stop and disney certainly feels no need to stop so no no no, no. <laughs> um so those were for the chris specific questions and actually charles was really lovely and offered us like three other questions about the podcast in general which was great for our 300th episode so the first one that charles said and this is now from here on out it's for both of us so it's not just like me interviewing chris the whole time um, so now we're Chris, going into deep, deep into Star Wars questions now. Yeah. Well, first three podcast questions and then Star Wars questions. Um, this first one is, are there any running gags that have come out of the show that you wish you had since the very beginning of the podcast? Well, we already discussed Yoda's been there since the beginning, right? Because we had the... Because we had the... Yes. Dudes. But, um... Yes. And, and what are my... some of the other running gags after that? There, well, like, I would have liked to have used oh, the Darth Jar Jar music. Oh, the Darth Jar Jar music. Think about if the, the think if that was a running gag all the way through Clone Wars. Yeah. Like, you know, because we didn't really I don't think we really started using that till like Jar Jar was long gone from Clone Wars. It might have been like toward like one of the last Jar Jar episodes that we actually started talking about Jar Jar Darth Jar Jar. But if we'd really started plugging that from the beginning, we would have had like a good. We could have really had some fun with that. Plus, I just love it. I just love it. Ah. Mine is, uh, and I was thinking about this. Um, the one that I was going to do is because the whole. Yoda came from us, the, the little fortune cookies at the beginning of every Clone Wars episode. So we just thought it'd be a fun bit to have a sleazy Yoda just being like, 
uh, dressed in yourself and others in bed. Like, it, it just, that's where it started. But when we got towards the end of Rebels, Chris and I were both like, what are we going to do with Yoda? Because he's become such a, like, you know, a bit. Like, he's such, he's like, we, we jokingly called him our third podcaster because uh, we just didn't know what to do with him. So that's when we started asking for uh, listener questions. Like, come ask Yoda a question. And I must say, please always send us more Yoda questions because that's the most stressful part of my outlines every week is like, I need a Yoda question. <laughs> so feel free to keep always sending us Yoda questions to me. Or if somebody knows how to code, write us a Yoda question generators app. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Because good Lord, that's the most stressful part of my week uh, is trying to think of new Yoda questions. Um, but I think the bit that I didn't expect to come out of it was Yoda's hatred of Yaddle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is fun. And like coming up, like, I, I don't know what you think, but like I in my head have this like weird elaborate like idea of just like, it was a romance so. that went wrong and, and stuff. And I, I think that's just a really fun bit of just like, what did Yaddle do? Did she betray Yoda? Blah, blah, and stuff like that. So that's, Who knows? You just have to keep listening to J-Guys and Jedi and hope that Yoda slips someday. Yeah, so I've really, really enjoyed um, going through that and, and stuff, so... Is, is definitely the, the Yaddle bit. That's that's become one of my favorites. I hope all the listeners have enjoyed going through that too. Yeah, yeah. I just like the third. It just doesn't sound. It doesn't sound pleasant. That you, we, did you enjoy going through that? Hope. Now, now I feel like we're at therapy. So what did you? <laughs> go- <laughs> I did. I did. Um, the next question from Charles is: Has the podcast given you any new or different perspectives on Star Wars media? If so, what is it? I oh, and how, I think so hugely. I think uh, I think the podcast and the the shows that we watched, and and you know, just by the nature of our our di- dissection and the 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 directions we've gone in our like evaluate like we've been very very we've talked always talk a lot about um the 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 new ways that they dealt with the force in clone wars and stuff and then ever since then i've been looking for that stuff and everything afterwards and seeing you know stuff in the sequel trilogy there was there was little echoes of, of that felt like, you know, if that, you know, that they'd, that they'd found their way into that, you know, the, the, especially in the last Jedi, you know, with, with the, the way that the force was being looked at and approached and not just being a sort of family dynasty sort of thing. And the more non Jedi approaches towards the, the force and stuff like that. So yeah, it, that, that, you know, and you know, any any number of other things too. You know, I mean, I I look at almost every I I look for, you know, there's always some sort of mild. Not there's not as much focus. It depends on the show, but there's always an acknowledgement of like PTSD and the actual like consequences of you know the the violence and the stories and war and stuff like and you know this the elements of the story since we're now in on you know doing shows that have like ongoing concurrent stories you sort of have to address those things so yeah 
my answer might sound like a little bit of a cop out. Oh, but... really? <laughs> Ooh, I... I took off my glasses to wipe them off, and then I immediately accidentally spat on them. So now I have to wipe them again. Yay! <laughs> it's me, Hope. I'm a mess. Um, the new or different perspective on Star Wars actually comes a lot from you being my pod, being my podcaster, my co-podcaster. And I mean, we have a running joke that I like just don't watch movies. So just talking with you has helped me see a lot of the influences. Like, you know, I, I've never watched a Kurosawa movie, but you've talked to me for hours about them. <laughs> and I've well. learned like, so much about that. Um, and like different genres. Um, and I, I think just having you as a co-podcaster and like we have different interests, um, which is a nice balance because we're both able to bring like different like thoughts and ideas to these things. But also, um, I've just learned a lot from you because you're, you're roughly 20 years older than me, so you have a lot more life experiences, and you point out a lot of stuff that, like, I don't see right away. I, I really felt that when we were going through Resistance, and you are just like, this is fascism, and, like, really, and you, like, were really breaking it down. Um, of, like, these are the problems, this is how it works, this is how it goes, and, like, it was a way, like, it put Resistance in a light that I never really thought about it that way before. And um, so just having, like, you as my co-podcaster, um, being older, being an original trilogy fan too. So you bring this, cause I, I mean, I'm a prequel kid. Like I, those were my movies. And so I, I think just us having just our age difference um, has really helped me see Star Wars in a different media and just being able to talk with you about it every week. Well, also I'm, you're like my window into like I've always thought of my my input into J guys and Jedi being you know the old codger so I like I have a lot I'm not a trivia head but I have a lot of the like mechanics like or I could be like you know Ralph McQuarrie you know as soon as Rebels hit I was just like this is Ralph McQuarrie it's all Ralph McQuarrie and and stuff like that but I've always like what I've gotten from you is getting the like a lot of like say the the social issues of star wars or stuff or the stuff that ter goes in and the the controversy of it i'm an i'm an old i'm on the older side of generation x and you know i'm i'm in the age group where most of the guys like me are kind of like get that grumpiness about uh, it's not my star wars and stuff like that but i've always been like in into the weirder side of art so i'm also more or not more the weirder but the more like openly open definition of art i'm more open to stuff so like having more girls in star wars has never bothered me i'd always sort of thought there should be any you know i've always sort of agreed with like the the dynamics that are happening now and i'm I, I I just I I like you know there's I there there was at some point a discussion to be had of the grumpy for the grumpy people but they don't have much to you know they don't have much more than what they were talking about you know however many years ago when it all when when fandom went went wrong but like I now I can see it through more you're like my window like. I mean, <laughs> we've been doing this so long that like now there's the Zoomers out there, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. But you have you're you're podcasting with Zoomers and stuff, and and I'm and I'm like podcasting with with some of the Zoomer podcasters with you, and 
I gotta say, my perspective on the world and stuff is more in line with that, but I'm not that age and I'm not in that social sphere and don't really complete, you know, I'm an old, I'm, 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 I've got the dad, dad <laughs> Chris thing Chris doesn't on. TikTok. <laughs> right. No, I don't TikTok. I don't understand tick. I don't understand half of the TikTok. That's okay. I don't, I don't understand TikTok too and I have one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, like if I started doing stuff on TikTok, I would be laughed out of there in uh, a, a minute because I have no idea what the language of TikTok is. It, but, you know, it, so, but I, I have, I, I can, you know, personally talk with people of that perspective and, and, and get, get that point of view, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's one of my favorite things about life whenever we have Allie on the show. I mean, she's uh, she's 15 years younger than me. <laughs> she was a child when Clone Wars was running while I was in college. <laughs> and, and I and, and the way with 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 like, I mean, what we're doing is art criticism on some, you know, on a pop level. And I think, you know, there's there's. There's art criticism through the lens of what would I like the art to be, which we, I mean, we both do that. I mean, that's part of what we do. We'll be like, I would like this to be more like this, or I, you know, I pictured it would, you know, there was a lot of that with resistance where I was like, I, it could have been a race car show every episode or, or whatever. But, you know, for the most part, I'm, I'm more interested instead of being like, this isn't right for now. I'm trying to put it, you know, but, I'm more interested in trying to put it into perspective and context of where we are, what's, you know, what's going on now, any, instead of, you know, my perceptions of what Star Wars should be, you know, you which are now? irrelevant you... because I never went and got a job at Lucasfilm and became a Star Wars writer or creator. You so, what's going on now in the Star Wars universe, or what's going on now in our world, in our real both, world? Both, both, both. Okay. That's how art exists, and you know, the there's the art. The art is the the mold growing, and the the world is the petri dish that it's in. You know, and and that's what's interest. Trying to put it into per, the perspective of the now, and they'll be, you know, and twenty years from now, we could go back over all these shows and put them into perspective of you know from 20 years in the past and how they reflect you know that's more into i find that more interesting to me than to you know you know than to really determine whether i like it or not or whether it's do, doing the right thing or do, doing it right although you know there's always going to be discussion about that but primarily it's just like how is it existing how is star wars existing in the world now where there are different people <laughs> and different times than when Star Wars first started out. You know, it's very interesting. Mm -hmm. It's fascinating. And it's amazing that it's actually like more prevalent now than it ever was. So, yeah. Um, and our last question about the actual podcast from Charles is what lens do you feel like we can each view Star Wars media through that is specifically ours as individuals? Ooh. Yeah. I mean, from all, from everybody in the world, I don't know. No, I no, mean, just you and me, just as you and me. How do we view? How do we each <laughs> individually view Star Wars media through a lens that is specifically ours, being like your lens as Chris and my lens as Hope, or at least Charles? I hope that's what you're saying because that's how I interpreted it. <laughs> 
it's we have there's there's similar lenses and to both like basically both were like i mean you know i i i i can do the like i can claim i was there for in 77 but basically i got hooked on star wars as a little kid and you got hooked on star wars as a kid and and we have that that but like as me being just sort of like middle class white kid and stuff and you you being like there's well and and the, but there's a there's a different hmm. now I'm 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 going off the topic I guess I mean my lens is is almost more through the star like I see Star Wars I have all my nostalgic connections to Star Wars but I'm very into the whole process of Star Wars how it's made and the the you know how it how how the mechanics of it work you know like not just you know from from like how they do the special effects to the mechanics of how the store how they you know how their Correct. stories work and stuff and you are and not not to speak for you but i always see you as the person who's the like sees it almost through the the characters you know uh, more than anything yeah, that's else that's not wrong that's not wrong and, and that's, the, that's the right. relationships the characters and their relationships and i i'm almost like more nerdily tied up into the the mechanics of it you know yeah to some to some extent to the stuff with the stuff that i'm most interested in <laughs> um yeah i i would agree with that that's not that's not far off at all um because i i do tend to latch more onto characters over story as in general um i feel like my lens that i bring to this and it's something that i've enjoyed over the course of what the uh what like six years we've done this together yeah. <laughs> is i really have found my voice through podcasting um i've really come into my own as a queer woman um and really embracing that um but also learning and growing with the podcast and just educating myself more on things like animation and also um topics that are going on like like, I, I always think back to an episode, um, and gosh, it might not even be up on Apple yet because we're still manually putting up episodes still from our website rebuild. Um, but there's an episode that we did really early in Clone Wars with Luminara, Ventress, and Ahsoka fighting. And I think it's Luminara's first episode. And I remember talking about how I thought that Luminara was really cool because she had this kind of like Middle Eastern vibe going on. And, like, in hindsight, like, I've realized that that's not the greatest because she's not a Middle Eastern character. And it's more just taking from the culture of it and, like, turning it into something else, which is a whole lot different conversation in Star Wars. But it's something that, like, I praised early in the show and, like, now I've grown and I have a better vocabulary and a better understanding of, like, what, why, like, what works and what doesn't and why. And so I guess growth <laughs> is my lens. Because I, I do enjoy sometimes hitting those earliest episodes and like just hearing where I used to be and seeing who I am now. Um, so if you want to watch Hope 
Molinax to grow up through over the course of a podcast. There's 300 episodes of it. Because, gosh, when we started, I was, what, like, mid-20s, and now I'm, like, or something like that, and I'm, like, 34. <laughs> I'm 34 now. Um, so I guess growth is my lens because I've yeah. just learned to see things differently. And, like, there's been a lot of things happening, like, you know, um, Chris and I had a very long conversation about, like, how do we podcast, like, with the Black Lives Matter movement going on last year? Um, we had a very long conversation, like, what should we talk about and stuff like that? And, and we've loosened up on some of our own, like, kind of personal things. Like, for the longest time, we had a no politics rule. But resistance kind of pushes the hand of, like, hey, we need to talk about fascism. And also, look, it's happening in our real world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, there's I mean, just no way we could, like, avoid that. Yeah, but I mean, there, there, there's definitely, like, a way we could do this as a political podcast. And we are definitely not doing... I mean... Uh, when you get technical about it, everything is pol- politics. It's yeah, and and, so. and and and, and once you start Star arguing, once you start political. arguing it, you're just arguing politics at one. You know, the two sides of politics that each person likes that they don't like the other side. You know, so so when they like keep politics out of it, it's like basically keep the politics I don't like out of it. So and you know, there's just like this battle of like. Both sides, you know, defining the other side's politics as bad politics, and so it's hard to so so when when you end up doing it, like I don't know, there's there's so, I mean, not that there aren't so many Star Wars podcasts out there, but there's so many political podcasts, and I just don't feel, you know, I have, I mean, both of us have political opinions, but I don't feel that I'm like more. I don't I, I don't but feel that, like I have like, anything to say that there isn't somebody out there who's saying it's so much better than me, you know, yeah. what I have to say about politics and and it's so much people. more educated about it than me, too. So I don't, you know. Yeah. And, like, and there was a time where we had like when we were tell guests, like one of our rules is no politics and we don't do that anymore. Because um, though I will say, if you want to hear a podcast that mixes Star Wars with with politics that are happening at their core. Um, I My bud's over at Sithy Minutes. So S-I-T-H-T-Y, <laughs> Sithy Minutes. Um, they they are a Star Wars political podcast. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I mean, I yeah, it's just, yeah. It's, and and, and it just, I, I think people mostly recognize, when we have guests on and we're like, yeah, no politics. I think people just understand usually that that just grossly means we don't talk about politics like in an overt fashion to where we're like i don't like this court ruling that happened today you know but when you're talking about a show called star wars there's politics involved and those politics are based on politics of the world so it you know you could talk sometimes you end up saying no that's very like this that happened last month or something or you could also say this is very much like this that happened in ancient rome or whatever and it's it's a political conversation it's just not like a conf- <laughs> you know uh uh we're not ga- gas on a fire political conversation. Yeah, we're not you know, being it's... like, uh, how can we find the Me Too movement through episodes of Star Wars Rebels or yeah, yeah. So but those are really good questions, Charles. Thank you so much for sending those in. Um, all right, now we're going into our very specific Star Wars focused ones. And the first one I picked was actually one that I wrote, which I thought it would be a fun thing to kind of look back on 300 episodes. So our first episode of the show 
was the very first week of January, right after The Force Awakens came out. So we've been running the show through the entire Disney era. What do we think that Star Wars has done well under Disney? And what do we think that Star Wars can improve on going forward under Disney? Um, Star Wars has done well under Disney wherever it... Ba- basically, if it doesn't have to do with the, the main numbered storyline, they've done pretty well. You know, I mean, um, those are the only movies that I really have beefs with. And like they've they've done really well with TV. They've done really well with TV. They have not. They have. They have not gone wrong with anything that I've seen on TV from from Disney Star Wars right now. You know, there's little things that I don't, little quibbles I have, but for, in general, it's been it's been on the money, and it hasn't been like felt like it's been Disneyfied or it's it's it seemed well played. Going forward in the future. Planning, planning, planning. Plan ahead. Plan ahead. Please plan ahead. So that's where you would say that, like, where their fault is that they can improve on is just keep planning. Oh hell yeah! Not not plan, not planning. <laughs> like is like one of the big like the the not planning aspect of the sequel trilogy is one of the big like I mean the movies made money. But like, not what the movies did not do what they were what they should have what they should have done as a Star Wars trilogy, and it was a kind of a shit show, and it was, in my opinion, it's ninety nine percent due to lack of a cohesive plan from the beginning, and all the way through, and uh, it showed, <laughs> and it got and it and it fell apart as it went along, you know. Yeah. My, the only one I would argue that is actually the only real good movie in the Disney era, and of course I'm biased because it's my favorite Star Wars movie, is Rogue One. And even then, it's nowhere close to being a perfect movie. But oh, I, I feel like see, I, I, think, I think Rogue I One is get, the strongest. I would say The Last Jedi. The is Last Jedi is very good. far up there. But the, like the, I said, I'm very biased towards Rogue One because it's my favorite Star Wars movie. The, the, the Last Jedi. The Last Jedi for me in the theater was almost was was as close to a you know as close to a movie going religious experience as i get you know it's it's in my it's in my peak cinema experiences of all time but at the same time it suffers from lack it suffers from from the movies on either side of it and and partially some of it's that movie's fault Two, but it all all the faults come down to nobody knew what to do <laughs> you know what you know nobody knew was knew where they were going you know and and then when it was time to go someplace no no trail had been had been left so it was yeah Someday, someday I will do a. Someday I want to do a like, a a a, a realistic <laughs> post mortem of those movies. You know, beyond the current trash discourse on them, on like what what really happened. Although we'll never know because there's everything like <laughs> in a Star Wars Disney movie. Everybody's probably under non disclosure. There'll never be a 
you know, it would be like 30 years before there's a book of like all the stuff that went on behind the scenes and who was we fighting with who. a little bit of it because both Oscar Isaac and John Boyega, when they got out of their Star Wars contract, they've said some pretty good like things they've said, that they've said some things. There's some things that they could probably say and then there's some things that they can't say, but like, mm-hmm. yeah. I think for me, I think something that Star Wars has done well under Disney is being a multimedia franchise. So there's, we don't, so it's okay if you don't like all Star Wars, but there's some kind of Star Wars for everyone. Does that make sense? Yeah, um, I think Lucasfilm did that too, you know, yeah, but, Dis- but Disney but does it on a, on a Disney money scale. though churns it, like yeah. churns it. So like, um, and, and so that's, and it's all, and, and I like that. So like, um, if you just want to stick with movies, cool. There's also animated shows if you want to like dive in more. And like I, one of my favorite parts of Star Wars is the books and is the books. I love Star Wars books. They're like, they're one of my favorite things. Like I've been eating up the High Republic like crazy. But I mean, I, I think I like that because then you can kind of, um, I mean, everybody knows that animation is my medium. Like that's my, my favorite medium. Um, so I just always love being in animated Star Wars at all times. I think that's where Star Wars is at its best, personally. That's just me. Um, and I, so I think, like, having that mouse money and being able to churn out all different kinds of Star Wars to where if you, like, want to go into the comics, there's something there for you. If you want to go into, there, there's audio dramas now, and there's something there for you. Like, and I, and so I think that's something that's done well, that... You don't have to like all Star Wars, but there is something Star Wars for everyone. You can find something if you really want to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and where I think Disney can still uh, improve, Star Wars can improve under Disney is, um, I was actually kind of talking about to Chris about this beforehand, um, to do better as a company with c- company policies and, and corporate practices and shit, because it's still Disney. Um, I wrote a very long six-page Twitter thread all about what's going on around the game Star Wars Eclipse and why queer fans like me are... Pro- I actually came up with a hashtag, <laughs> if anybody wants to know. The Blackout Star Wars Eclipse hashtag, I created that. That was me. Um, because when you have a company that's just like, yes, we're going to do like more, like be more inclusive and be more progressive, and then you team with a video game company that says they don't make games for fags and all women are whores in their games and stuff like that, that's not okay. So it feels like when we're slowly like making progress, like having the High Republic, which is super gay and fun, and then you take like three steps back by teaming up with this video game company that whose CEO has said these things, like it feels like a slap in the face. And it to feels be honest, like it might be hard to find any video game company that doesn't have some. Oh yeah, video games I mean, companies are notorious. So it's oh, like oh, there's a reason. There's like pretty much a walkout yeah. like every week of this year. But yeah. there are definitely some that are better than others. Um, and yeah, but you know, this just, it. so I, I, I would really like to see Disney stick to their words. Like if you're gonna be inclusive and progressive and have these basic practices, then pay your like people better, treat your actors better. Like when John Boyega and Kelly Marie Tran are being attacked ruthlessly by trolls, don't wait for John Boyega to be in the middle of a Black Lives Matter protest saying that he's probably going to lose his career to say something like support your people within your fucking company. <laughs> like, 
Um, and that's that as a fan is something I would I would like to see them yeah. do better. And a lot of that's problems with Disney, like Disney as a corporation. Like if you listen to Home Express Watch Cartoons, like you and I have talked about that from the animation side of like how they treated Alex Hirsch, how they treated like Matt Braley and Sam King and Dan Terrace, all these smaller creators. Like we talked about that in a different light. It's, um, it's called classic Disney. <laughs> yeah, it's I actually am, better. It's actually way better than it's ever been, but it's still classic Disney. And like I said, I talked about this in a very, very, very long Twitter thread. So I am saying this note now. So Chris, when you're editing, you will remember to ask me. Um, I will tell Chris to put my thread in the show notes because I break it down with support of articles and interviews and images of Disney's progress and how it affects Star Wars over time. Um, so Chris, remind me to send you my Twitter thread about I this. I will. I will. Um, so that's what I would like to see them do better. Hey, our good buddy Bucho sent us several questions. Bucho! <laughs> Bucho, I miss you and I love you. You need to sit, like, we need to get together and just hang out again like you, me, Robbie, and Chris. I miss you guys so much. Um, so Bucho actually sent us like several questions. And the first one is, and I had to laugh at this because I don't agree with this, even though it's always the one planet I seem to remember when I'm like, I need a Star Wars planet. Um, your task, no, no, no. Your task by Lucasfilm with developing a new show set entirely on one planet. So you can only sound this one planet featured in the Clone Wars. So it has to be a Clone Wars. It has to be a planet from Clone Wars. And it can't be Coruscant. And Bucho said, which one do you choose and why is it Felucia? First of all, it's not Felucia. I'm sorry, Bucho. <laughs> Felucia is beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful to look at. I understand that. It's also probably a fucking lot of... It's probably very hard and expensive to animate, too. So so I would stay away from Felucia just because I'm lazy. And I'm glad you specifically said Clone Wars because my first thought was actually. I'm gonna totally um, be a hypocrite when I pit, when I explain my answer. Though. I know, as you said that, I was like, uh, "Do you see your answer?" <laughs> um, I'm glad you spe- specified Clone Wars though, because I would actually like to spend more time on Castellan, um from Star Wars Resistance because I was reading more about it, and there's like coral reef islands where people live, and I'm like, I want to go there. So because you specifically said Clone Wars, and Castellan wasn't created at that time, so you, you luck it out. Because Lothal would be my other one. I, I can always go home to Lothal. <laughs> um, what was your planet, Chris? I picked Moncala. <laughs> All those water things, Chris. <laughs> well, that for the exact reason you were just talking, just talking about the Resistance planet, because it was that was beautiful and the, the 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 we need more star wars in water so and i've always like i would just always want to know more about the moncala people they're they're goofy looking so like it's it, it, i you got that and i just want to see more how they're tech you know they're obviously very technological people and they're an underwater people I don't know. I would just like to see a Star Wars set on and around water because it looks, it's the visual guy aspect of it to me, which in water, of course, is very expensive to animate. So I'm being a hypocrite. But yeah, Moncala Mon or some other wa- water world, although I'm more, more towards Moncala because it has the Mon Calamari in it. And I would like to see the, and we already have, uh, we got some 
we we got some roots there with some characters and stuff. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. I chose Dathomir. Um, that would be good too. To have an entire like mini series about the Night Sisters and the Night Brothers, um, to learn more about like the witches of the mist and like how their society functions and like to see that side of the Force because they see the Force as like dark magic, which is a really cool idea. And to spend like a lot of times so, like with their society and like where I I would actually love to see like a Darth Maul origin, um, of like when he was a kid with Mother Towson, like, was he with the other Knight Brothers? And, like, was, you know, Savage his brother? Like, were they kids together? Like, there's a lot going on there that, like, I would love to explore maybe of, like, a very young Ventress and, like, where she came from before she was chosen by her Jedi Master and left. So, like, I think it'd be really cool to spend some time on Dathomir for, like, a whole miniseries and yeah. just really explore the planet and, yeah. and the dark side of the Force through magic. So just, just the mystical, it would be the mystical element of the Force, so it would be like this, re, it would really delve into the fantasy yeah. aspect of it. I would really love that. I like how he said not Coruscant, because I think we probably both would have picked Coruscant. If Coruscant's we, my like, favorite planet in Star Wars. Bit, yeah, I it's, fa- it's fascinating, So oh, yeah. and it's endless, full of endless possibilities, so it's, yeah. yeah. There's like 5,000 levels of endless possibilities from like the poorest of the poor to the wealthiest of the wealthy. Like I could live on Coruscant and always be a happy, I, every Star Wars could be set on Coruscant and I'd just be happy as a lark. (laughs) I'd just be happy. So, um, Boutra's next question is, which actor who's never been in a Star Wars thing do you really, 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 he said three reallys, want to see in a Star Wars thing? I was surprised yeah. by your answer. I had to like Google it. I was like, really? He hasn't been in Star Wars? No, yeah, exactly. Exactly. My answer is Doug Jones. Yeah. And I uh, and uh, it's the name of the movie, you know, um I think uh, well, he's most famous now for his character in the new Star Trek show in Star Trek Discovery. But like I'm trying to remember the Benicio del Toro movie. Oh, um The Shape of Water. Well, he was in the Shape of Water too, and he would, but he was in the one set in World War Two with the creature with no eyes, with the eyes on their hands that held oh, them up. Oh, that was the that, that was Doug Jones also. He's just what for one, he's a great actor, but he's also a great suit actor. You know, dress him up in a alien or a monstrosity suit, and he's he's sort of like the real life. Um, What's his name? Who plays Andy Circus? He's 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 sort of like Andy Circus, but put him in a real suit. And Pan's, Pan's <laughs> he's he pans labyrinth. He's very tall and skinny, and you know, angular. And he's I think he was like a pantomime or a uh, he did he was a very he did very physical stuff before he became an actor. So he's. Yeah, he he would like there. He could play any kind of so many different. Even if he wasn't playing an alien, he he just belongs in Star Wars. You know, if if he's drawing breath, they should be putting him in Star Wars. It's 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 not too late. It could very well happen. So yeah, and I'm re- I'm really pissed. Um, I found out Benicio del Toro's new movie was shot right down the road in Buffalo and my, my roommate had to work. She had red carpet tickets to the opening night of it in Buffalo. Oh, the, the red carpet preview of it. Right in my back. Yeah. Right in my back. Oh, you didn't go. 
But yeah, Doug jo- Doug Jones. Put in Doug That's, Jones. That answer is actually better than all of mine combined. Oh jeez. Because <laughs> the moment I saw that, that, I was just like, "Yes, that is the perfect answer right there." It went, well, it was kind. Of, I, I it was almost low hanging fruit for me because I'm thinking like, who are the you know there there's there's people that are famous for being like. And they've like they got Christopher, you know, they got all these guys to have small parts in it, you know, they're you know from whatever generation and the the current generation and stuff. And yeah, he just needs to be in there. He's we're, not we're, one of the. He's not like a star that it's not like Jack Nicholson or something like that, you know. He he blends like, in, you know. He's like Warwick Davis, you know. Yes. That that yes. brings that same kind of like really good suit or actor Peter complaint. Mayhew. Peter yeah. Mayhew, you know? Yeah, very much so. Um, I just kind of rambled on mine because I started thinking of a bunch of voice actors that I would like to see major roles in Star Wars. Um, one is Troy Baker. Um, and Troy Baker, I should preface this, has been in a lot of the Old Republic video games, but I would love to see him like be in like a full animated show. Um, I've been really enjoying Wendy Malick in Owl House, and I think she could play like a really fun, kooky character. Um, same thing with Alex Hirsch. I think it'd be really fun to see Alex Hirsch kind of play this, like, really kind of, almost like a Watto-like character. Just kind of gruff and, like, ah, ah, ah. How about that? How about this? Tom Waits is a Watto type of character. He would be a good voice actor. That would be a good one, too. Um, and, and this sounds kind of weird, but, like, I'm a fan of Rebecca Sugar's music, and she's also an animator and a voice actor as well. And I would love to hear a Star Wars song written and performed by Rebecca Sugar. Um, if you've seen any Steven Universe, you, you know why. Um, and then just to throw out a live action answer, I kind of want to see Dev Patel, you know? Um, I think I, I like Dev Patel as an actor. I think he can do a lot of, he has a lot of range. He could do like comedy to drama. He could play a range of different characters. Um, I could see a Dev Patel led Star Wars movie and it'd be really, really great. Um, I kind of want to see him play Comac Vitus, but that's just me. Uh, <laughs> But uh, I, I uh, as a live action choice, I would pick Dev Patel because I really like him as an actor. <laughs> and Butcher's final question was, how do we get Lucasfilm to give us a Hondo show? And I said, just keep pestering and asking politely for it, honestly. I'm even more <laughs> optimistic. I'm like, just wait. Just sit back and wait. They know. And, you know, I, I was... Um, I was in, because I'm the moderator every Friday night uh, for the Pink Milk live stream. So if you want to come hang out with me Friday nights, I'm almost always there. And they were talking about, um, and the time that The Mandalorian is set is around the same time that Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is set too. Um, the, the theme park, they're in the same time period. And Hondo is the animatronic that leads one of the rides. And they're like, you, you could easily bring Hondo into Book of Boba Fett or Mando to tie him into Galaxy's Edge. And I was like, that's a really good thought. Like, I, and I kind of named him like, no, no, I kind of want to see Jim Cummings play Hondo in Book of Boba Fett. That'd be awesome. Because <laughs> Jim Cummings could totally play an old man Hondo and just have the fucking time of his life. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that actually is a good lead into my next question of one of my answers. Um, this was from my buddy Arzu. And Arzu, I love you. Go check her out Space Waffles. I'm on her show. Um, and she said, what, in your opinion, is a really underrated Star Wars book or comic? Um, Star Wars Tales were, I thought, really, really good and, like, the, almost the ideal format for a Star Wars comic. 
And I think they were relatively popular because they were something that just Joe Star Wars fan could pick up off the off the shelf. But I don't think that I think they should be appreciated more by like the comic readers and uh, the original Marvel Star Wars for sure. I think that's always just sort of either mocked or treated like, oh, this was just like something, you know, something from a more naive time or whatever. But they're great and they're 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 full of juice um so continue on the hondo trip and i want to specify when i say this answer i'm talking about the audiobook it has to right. be the audiobook um the book pirate's price and what it is it's a first person point of view of adventures of hondo as told by hondo voiced by Jim Cummings. <laughs> so it's just, it's the whole book, except for like, it, it's bookend with like an opening in it, like an open and close, but then like 95% of the book is first so it's person 95% swagger. Of just, of Jim Cummings as Hondo telling stories about Hondo's adventures, doing his own sound effects. It's, it's delightful. It's so much fun. And it is a middle grade book. So for like middle school age, but it's so much fun. It, and it just feels like you're sitting at a bar with Hondo and he's just telling you stories. It's just, it's it's such a good, it's such a good listen. And it's a short listen too. It's only like, I think like five hours long. It's not a very long listen because it's a middle grade book. Um, it's, it's, and it was just such a delight. I, I, I knocked it out in a day and I just had, it was the best day of work of just listening to that book. Um, and my other one, and this is just a personal favorite one and people shit on this book all the time. And that's because I don't think they understand this book. Thrawn Alliances is a fucking comedy. It's a comedy. It's comedic gold. And it's so goddamn funny. And I don't think Timothy Zahn meant to write a comedy, but he did. And I think the reason that people, like, it puts off a lot of people is, A, it's the middle book of the first Thrawn trilogy. Um, and I think it's also because it re reads as a comedy. I don't think people like taking their villains that comedic. Like... Darth Vader gets shat on by bugs, and then the the bug shit turns into cement, and he's just stuck to the ground, just sitting there, just like, well, fuck, I'm stuck to the ground. And it's hilarious, because he's just sitting there with bug shit on him, and he's stuck, and he can't move. And it's hilarious. Like, I love Thrawn Alliances, and, like, if you read it as a comedy, it's just a trip. There's one point where Rook and Commander Keeman do a Monty Python sketch where Commander Keeman is just like, well, we're the first Legion. We're like the best. And Rook looks at him and goes, I didn't vote for you. And I died. I, I fucking lost my mind. Like, I was like, why are... And it's just like a bunch of dumb boys being dumb boys for 300 pages just trying to fuck each other over because Anakin Skywalker teamed with Thrawn are just two alpha male dumbasses getting in each other's way. And like, Thrawn... At one point, and I can always tell this is written by a They're just two different kinds of alpha males. I know, and that's why it's I'm, funny. I'm like, a it's, ligma it's, male. It's like, you're a what? A lemur? Ligma male. Oh, ligma. <laughs> ligma nuts! Yeah! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> but, like, Thrawn Alliance, I think people try to take it really seriously, because it's like, oh, it's a book about Thrawn and Darth Vader, and I'm like, this is a crack fanfiction. I've read this fanfic of, like, Thrawn and Vader have to team up, but Thrawn knows a secret about Vader. Chaos ensues for comedy. Like, and I think people take it really seriously because it's Darth Vader. They want to take it seriously. But it's a comedic bug. And it's just a trip. I died laughing in every single chapter. 
And then when you hit those like last 50 pages where like shit hits the fan and you're like, oh God, Darth Vader's gonna fucking murder somebody. And also in the past story, Anakin's going to the dark side and this is bad. It makes that ending hit so much harder because you've laughed your ass off for 300 pages and those last 50 pages are terrifying because there's no more fun and someone's gonna die. <laughs> and it just makes Christ. it hit. So, huh? Sounds like a wild ride. Sounds it's like my, a little tonal shift. <laughs> it's it, it really it hits you so hard of just like, oh, we're not fuck like Vader's pissed and he is gonna kill somebody. <laughs> we're not fucking around anymore. Um, but like the first three hundred pages is them fucking around. Like there's a moment where Anakin and Thrawn are in jail and Thrawn's like, I made some rope. And Anakin's like, How did you make rope? He's like, I tore my shirt and I made rope. And I'm like, so is Thrawn just running around in a crop top for the last half of the book? Because he just, to make that long of a rope, he pretty much had to tear off the entire bottom of his shirt. Is he just wearing a crop top for 200 pages? It's stuff like that, that like when you think about it, you're like, this isn't stupid and insane and I love it. So yeah, Thrawn Alliance is a, is a very underrated book and people shit on it too much because they take it too seriously. Um, our next question comes from Jacob G. And I hate to say this, Jacob, that the, you probably won't get a good it's answer from either of us. very disappointing, yeah. yeah. If you were a director and you were told to make Mara Jade the main character, how would you do it? Who? I don't... I, I vaguely even... I know she's a very popular character from people from people that... Didn't she, is this the one that eventually married Luke. Skywalker? And see, see this like is that? where I was like... I don't know, of, I don't know nothing about... Neither of us yeah. are EU people. I don't know nothing about the Mara Jade. I never was like, like, was, yeah, I never had any sort of, any, you know, where people are like, maybe Mara Jade will show up in Bella. And I'm like, I don't know who that is. I don't know how I would do it. Um, if I were a director and I were told to make, how would I do it? Probably very poorly. <laughs> I, would I would have to do a lot of research to get back on that one. And that's what I was about to say. Like, I've read the first two books of the original Thrawn trilogy. I haven't knocked out the third the chance to, because I've been in High Republic Bliss. Um, but, so I, I've seen Mara's introduction, and I think she's a perfectly fine character. She's a very 90s woman of, like, I have a dark, mysterious past, and I'm in a cat suit. Like, she, she feels very 90s, yeah. but she's still, she's not a bad character. I see why people like her. Um... So if I was a director, I would first read more and read more about her and then come to a decision because I don't have one at right now because I only know her origin. I don't know her journey because sadly neither of us are extended universe people. So I hate, sorry, Jacob. Sorry. <laughs> Wish I could do better. Um, so our buddy Sarah from Friends of Force, who is on our Bebo episode, uh, said, who are two characters that don't necessarily know each other who would be best friends? Grievy and Watto. Oh, I saw that. I was like, yes, that's a perfect. That, Grievy shows up at Watto's. Grievy shows up in a pile of garbage at Watto's. Watto, Watto revives him, but uh, so Grievy owes him a life debt of working in the junkyard, and he becomes Grievy's, you know, heavy, and it would just be a sort of Sanford and Son meets meets probably the book of Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> And they would just be two great kids. And they, of course, hate each other. They hate, hate, frenemy each, yeah, have this frenemy relationship that would be great. 
this is like, you, you rebuild me, and I must thank you. <laughs> um, I actually chose Bodie Rook and Luke Skywalker. Um, now I will say I read a very excellent thick of them as a couple, so that I do have shipper goggles on. But actually, when I take the shipper goggles off, like both are pilots, both are kind of timid and unsure at first, trying to find their, and they both find their footing through the rebellion and doing this great deed. And I feel like Luke would just be like, could really help Bodhi find his confidence. And Bodhi could really help Luke, like, understand of, like, the nuances. Because Bodhi was an Imperial. We must not forget that. He was an Imperial. To understand of, like, I'm, I realized, like, mistakes and, like, people in the Empire, like me, are trapped because I was a semi-truck driver. I just had a, I needed a job. And I think uh, they could be a really good team of, and they're both just kind of pure boys. So, you know, they're both working kind of class, working class origins. Yeah, working class origins. Like I think Bodhi and Luke would be really good friends if Bodhi had survived. And I think Luke could have been like, "You helped get the Death Star plans. I destroyed the Death Star." And they would just like high five each other, like, "Yeah!" And then Bodhi would be like, "Oh no, I'm nervous again." <laughs> so I, I just think Bodhi and Luke would get along really well. Um. My follow-up answer was Chopper and K2SO, because Chopper, K2SO, and Toto 360, those three together would cause chaos and destroy the universe. Um, so our buddies of over at Radio Rebellion Podcast sent us two questions. Um, the first one was, if by the way, thank you guys. Um, if, we, if we ever got a solo sequel, would you prefer it to be a movie or a TV series, and what would the story be? I would want a series of t- I, I would want a series of movies and I really I personally would really like the solo movies to be just as disengaged I would like them to be engaged with and you sort of touch on it in your answer but like with say only the world that's established in the solo movie but not even that much, you know, to the point of where, okay, you know, his ha, has the girlfriend with the off and on, you know, relationship, which is perfect for a Han Solo character. And, um, um, mostly Lando. And, but well, we do have a Lando series coming, so that's good. Just have no, nothing, have the solo stories be nothing about building his character beyond just sort of like you know like say maybe maybe james bond's not even james bond or indiana jones to make it more like an indiana jones thing where you you sort of have rough a rough little character arc within the story you know to to do it but just just a general adventure just adventures of him being scoundrelly and 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 free of the burden of the greater storyline which he was before he entered the the greater storyline he didn't get involved in any of that stuff although he probably did get involved but he was trying not to get involved you know he was getting involved in like crime lords and stuff like that you know more like that just just straight up fun straight straight up fun movies with 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 han and chewy and just you know a series of set pieces and mishaps and adventures the yeah that's all they have to be that's all they have to be you know you don't have 
Han Solo doesn't. By the time he hits Star Wars, he doesn't have. He that's as far as he's developed. So he's kind of a prick when you know, some so some some prick Han Solo, out there where he's a little little more in the in the gray area, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, that that would be fine for me. A TV series would be would be good at it, but I would I I would I I would prefer like you know just a, like every three or four years a movie, you know. Like in India, like Indiana Jones, you know. Yeah, I mean, because when we did our solo commentary, we we talked about this how um, the Han Solo actor's name is slipping my mind, um, Alden Alden Edric, I think his name was, um, but he was originally like contracted for what like three movies. Yeah, originally? something like that. Yeah. Um. So I would almost like to see, I because as you were talking, I thought about this. Um. Instead of getting three solo movies, just expanded into a TV series, just because we we both agreed that solo needed to be like nine episodes because there's so much going on and they could like really take that time. Um, but for me, and I and I'm gonna say this knowing that there is a Kira comic going on right now called Crimson Ring. It's set after the events of Empire Strikes Back, and it's about how Kira is bringing Crimson Dawn back out. Um, set well like like what like 15 years after solo um so i do i do know that crimson rain is going on i haven't had a chance to read it yet but i would like an early animated series set after solo of maul just running crimson dawn with kira and the reason i would want it to be animated just so we could have sam witwer have <laughs> okay. sam witwer back yeah. in maul there you go <laughs> um, and there has been whispers of a maul tv series coming so i wouldn't be surprised if they launched this you got um, you got space carve there's space in the timeline for it and we've already established that he's very active in the yeah you know they they brought him into a movie so it's very yeah. possible he's a very popular character he's a very he interesting a very- character and that's a time period of Maul's life we don't know. Um, and, you know, you would have Sam Whitwer and being an animated series, it would be safe because Ray Parker won't stop sending horrible dick pics of his, about, and, like, blackmailing his ex. So Ray Parker is way out of now. Um, Ray, not here yeah, anymore. not Ray Parker. That's that's the nah. Ghostbusters singer. No, no, but, Ray Parker. So, yeah. Does, as far as I know, Ray Parker Jr. does not send dick pics. Yeah, yeah. Wait, so, um... But you'd be seen with Sam Whitwer, who has voiced the character for so long, and so I think an animated show about Maul and Kara running Hardly anybody on. knows what Sam Whitwer's dick looks like. I was about to say maybe his wife, but actually I don't know if Sam Whitwer's married, so who knows. Oh. Um, but I, I would like that only just because um, I also ship Maul and Kara, and it would give me way more things to ship them. Um, and the other question we got from Radio Rebellion is... If we're stuck on a desert island, which droid would we like to be stuck with and why? Chopper. Chopper's Chopper for one fulfills all the needs of a of a of a astromech droid, which is loyalty and and the mechanical ability to to fuck things up and with chopper murder is always on the table so food and uh and protection and yeah if you're gonna have a droid with your back chopper chopper will fuck will will murder somebody chopper was Uh, almost my answer too i didn't want (laughs) r2's so easy because r2's also like loyal and stuff but chopper's more punk rock chopper's chopper's 
Chopper over the long haul might be more more of a a better companion because, like at, like he would probably after a while be like, you know what, fuck off for a little while. We'd, we'd hang out at different sides of the island for a little while until we wanted to hang out again. Be nice. Um. I almost went with Chopper, but uh, I actually have two droids for two different reasons. One was the first one I had was K2SO from Rogue One, because for one, he's tall. He can reach like coconuts and trees and stuff like that. And he would also like we know that he knows probabilities, so he'd be able to like reason and be like, if we try to put together a raft, this is the chance that we would fail unless we had this. So I think he would actually be like a really smart companion because like. He could tell me probabilities and also help me build things, and he's tall. So I, I went with that, and I also went with Toto 360, only just because I love Toto, and he yeah. is just, he's my favorite droid in Star Wars. Up, it's going to come up later with some of my traps I've got set later on. Yeah, and I love Toto, and that's Cad Bane's droid, and I, w- I would have so much trouble killing animals, and Toto would just be, like, going full Gollum from Lord of the Rings, smacking fish on a rock for me, and I'd just be like, thank you, Toto! Thanks for getting me dinner. And he'd be like, can I smash more fish? And I'd be like, yes, Toto, go get him. <laughs> and because Toto has that kind of weird loyalty too. Like he's clearly loyal to, to Cad. And we see that in like Bad Batch and in Clone Wars. And even though he has this like sadistic side where he's like, yes, I will happily torture three C-3PO and kill him. <laughs> so I think Toto would be great too. So our next question was from Butro. I kind of finessed it because... Um, I kind of posed a very similar one as well. Um, so he had said, of all the Star Wars characters and all the Star Wars stories in a galaxy far, far away, which one has your feelings toward them changed the most over the years? And so I had written, who is the surprise character from each property that you didn't expect to like? Um, so kind of that same thing, like what character has grown on us? Um, and it's good to have those two options because sometimes I couldn't think of one for one, but I could think of one for the other. So I was yeah. able to come up with answers for most everything. <laughs> so yeah, like so, who has our feelings uh, shifted, changed over the years? Slash, who was our surprise character that we didn't expect to like? Um, I did not break it down by movie and show because there's a fucking shit ton of them. <laughs> So I broke it down by the shows and trilogies. So from the prequel tr- trilogy, trilogy, uh, Chris, who is your surprise? Like, Jar Jar. Oh. I was ready to hate Jar Jar. Like the you have like, Jedi it, written here, hun. Yes, but I've I've uh, I've altered that. The Jedi in general, yes. I I I the Jedi. Well, the Jedi are the ones that have changed over the years. As the years go by, I like the Jedi less in the prequel trilogy. And not in a way that makes me like the movies less, but I find the Jedi less sympathetic characters mm-hmm. as the years go by. But Jar Jar, I was ready to hate Jar Jar. The the day the movie came out was the first day they showed the scene with you know where they're walking and talking with Jar Jar. And, Misa, are you, are you alive, Dad? And stuff. And I was like, oh no, they got Roger Rabbit. He talks like Roger Rabbit, and and I'm like, that's that was unexpected. After the trailer, which was so serious and like insanely like you know Star Warsy looking, and all of a sudden there's this Roger Rabbit character. It's like, wait a minute, what's going on here? I don't like that. And then when the movie happened, I was watching the movie. I'm like, <coughs> he's super goofy, but I see what they're doing with him, and I don't 
object you know i don't object to the character and then as time went on I, he just grew on me more but i was expecting to be just like what the fuck is this like most everybody else for me for the prequel trilogy um and i want to preface this by saying i like him better in the books than i do in phantom menace because i think the books really captures what they're trying to go for in phantom menace but the books capture him better but i said qui-gon jen um because book Qui-Gon is really fascinating and very out there and weird. And I think Phantom Menace is not the best side of him. But even then, I I do enjoy some of the things that they're going for with Qui-Gon. That he's a little bit different. He's a little bit out there. And he's okay well, he, to make the rules. And you, he get seems... it more, you get it more like with people talking about him or talking to him that he's like that. They don't. You don't get to see it as yeah. much movie as I imagine you did in the, in the books and stuff. You you, you yeah. Know. I'm specifically thinking Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray, where it's the Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan book. And that book is a great look at Qui-Gon to see like what really makes him tick and why. And um, I've really grown to appreciate that character and it made me like look at him differently in a new light in Phantom Menace. Um, so yeah, out of everybody, I, I definitely went with uh, Qui-Gon. Um, what about Clone Wars? Um, Clone Wars, I've got Maul down. That was my second. I was totally not down with Maul coming back. I thought that was ridiculous and and stupid. And it started out looking like it was going to be ridiculous and stupid, but it turned out it turned out <laughs> to be one of the best ideas they ever had. And that not that not only did they pull it off, but we're talking about like you know someday there might be a a, a series based on it, and I'm hundred percent down with it now. You know. He is a three-dimensional character. He is a very three-dimensional character now. Yeah. I, um, Maul would be my second choice, but the one that came to my mind immediately and the more I thought about it was actually what your first answer, which was Jar Jar. Um, I think Clone Wars, for me at least, like, because when Phantom Menace came out, that was my first Star Wars movie in theaters. Um, and so, like, it hit me at the right age as a kid. I loved Jar Jar. But as I grew up, I was like, oh, I kind of, like, see what, what people are saying about him. And something that I like so much about Clone Wars is they not really fleshed him out, but they used him in a way to show his depth. Like, um, I, I think of the episode um, with Bardottons, with Queen Julia. And, like, he has someone he's interested in, and he's passionate about this. And he wants to help save them. And he's teamed up with Mace Windu. And it's a lot of fun. But you also get the episodes where, like, you see why Jar Jar exists. Where, like, he's with Bail Organa. And Bail Organa is just suffering. And Jar Jar, like, takes over and gets shit done. Because he's able to help pull a ruse on other people. Because people don't take him seriously. But that's kind of, like, yep. his charm is that... Kind of like what... Sorry, Kaz. <laughs> kind of like Kaz, yeah. I yeah, was just thinking of, the same thing. <laughs> kind of like Kaz, like where people look at him, they're like, oh, he can't be a spy. He's too clumsy. And like that was Kaz's best trait is everybody just underestimated him and Kaz could get stuff done. And I I think like he has such like a tragic story that like he gets screwed over because everybody's like, oh, you helped kill Padme. And he got, got like screwed over at the end. And so... Clone Wars like really made me appreciate Jar Jar of all people, but Maul is a very close second. Like Maul would have been my answer if if they didn't do anything with Jar Jar because yeah. I went from not caring about Maul and even being like fuck the spider legs to being like I can't live without Maul. <laughs> 
Um, what about Bad Batch? Bad Batch, the the entire Bad Batch for me, because I was like, I mean, actually, by by the last season of Clone Wars. I was like, well, the last season of Clone Wars, I was like, mm, okay, well, I don't know, but I, 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 they, they just seem like characters from another franchise altogether. But, but once the the show, once it started actually to gel in Clone Wars, but the show, when the show started, you know, I instantly just like accepted them as Star Wars characters. But like. I never, I never had a problem with Omega like a lot of people did. I, I always was fine with her character. Um, mine, mine was Omega actually, but not because like I didn't like her. I just thought she was the first several episodes. I just thought she was fine. A lot but, of people really did not like her in those first few episodes. Like oh, yeah. I would watch the like reviews of it, and they're just like, "This character is just a t- complete." And it's like, uh, I don't know. It "Doesn't uh. bother me." Yeah, and like it's not that I like I said I was not one of those people. I just thought she was fine, but I think over the course of the show she grew more and more nuanced, and like we started seeing more of her personality come out and like what made her tick and like how she kind of in a way was like a mix of all the bad batch. Like she had like she was able to reason, but she was also open to learning from them, like learning how to do like tracking from Hunter and like she was kind like Wrecker. And like she really was a piece of each and every one of them. And she became this like very complex character, um, which I, I was really thankful for because and I, and I think I, I had the same feelings about her towards Ezra. Like Ezra was fine to me. But over the course of the show, like he really grew into a, um, an amazing character with a fantastic arc. So it makes me really excited to see more of Omega because like, say, if Bad Batch ran for two, three, four seasons, I could see Omega going on arc like Ezra and having like this huge character yeah. journey. Yeah. Um, and actually, I would I would actually love to see Omega pop up in Book of Boba Fett because they name drop Boba and Bad Batch and having those two shows running <laughs> roughly the same time. Like, you know, Bad Batch will probably follow in the spring. Everything about Omega's origins sort of like... Is tied to Boba. Le- le- well, and they also lead to a very, like, intense life. You know, she's she's in, she's she's not like somebody from a village who got involved in something she was created as part of a whole you know drama (laughs) so she's she's the bad batch's older sister she is yeah she is she is she is a part of a whole genetic drama that is you know that is involved with bringing back you know sidious you know Mm -hmm. so So. yeah what about solo for you Solo, <laughs> like I mean, really, there's nobody, no characters. I no, uh, my opinion, it there, there wasn't like a like I like my opinion on Han Solo and Chewie were not changed at all by that. It was you know there was nothing like, oh you know I never would have expected that of Han Solo's past, and, and you know that's not a critique, but like I mean, but definitely. Um, um Lando like as a character just kind of you know I like the movie but Lando of all the characters he was the only one that was really like fleshed out and com- like compel it like full of life on the screen you know what I mean 
just like just like brimming with you know, he, the camera really really uh um i keep on calling him danny glover but he's um what's his first name donald, donald glover Don, donald glover really the camera loves donald glover and he and he just very much it, it really reminded me of carl urban's version of dr mccoy from the new star trek movies where he just jumped right into the character and and embraced the hell it was was having he was having a riot playing lando calrissian it makes and me it, really excited for the lando show if he comes back if he comes back it's it, you know is i mean the whole show could ride on that performance because he is he is lando calrissian and uh yeah so that would be that would be i mean i i i totally i totally knew it yours was going to be for solo <laughs> yeah because if you listen to our character reaction when we after like it was like what a few days after we both had seen solo um i was not very warm to kira um kira was this character i was just like she was fine and blah 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 but i've really grown to love kira over the years um i think she's a fascinating character i think she's a great character um the more stuff that we're getting with her like i i just want to see more of her like she's her, her story is only is the real only like compelling like character with a really compelling situation you know, Han Solo is just sort of in his situation, and he gets some interest. Like some of it bleeds into him because he's involved with her, but her, like her whole story in there is the the most. She has the most character story in the whole thing, and the most things happening to make a character interesting. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, because she she starts off like enslaved, and then goes from one bad situation to another to find her own agency and to claw her way out of this horrible situation to become Maul's right fucking hand. And, <laughs> for and, and as a character, she's not an established character. She's a new character, and she can go anywhere. So they can have so much more freedom to make her interesting mm -hmm. than they do with Han Solo or Chewie or, you know, or than they did with anybody else in it, you know? I mean, his his mentor, the mentor character was oh, pretty... Oh, Which still pisses me off that he I mean, he, I mean, he, it, it was a, it was a good standard Woody Harrelson performance, because Woody Harrelson's a good actor, he's a solid actor, but it was, his character wasn't anything, like, super, you know, super off the beaten trail of that kind of character at all. He was... They should have killed him and not Val and let Val be the one that took over, but that's just me. <laughs> uh, what about Star Wars Rebels? Um, I I would have to say Sabine because uh, it as a lot of stuff that like I've since come to learn to know better I just was not like I was not like thinking of oh, the whole the, the whole Mandalorian thread with her I was like I don't know if we need this and stuff and of course we found out we totally needed it and it's and it's blood and it's blood beyond rebels so 
um, you know, that storyline. So that was that was the that was one of the really surprising aspects of me that that came out of of I liked your character, but that's where it got like Trial of the Dark Sabers is still one of the best episodes, yeah. the best yeah, yeah. of Star Wars ever written. Yeah, so, and 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 uh, so yeah, um, I don't know if I was. Uh, I'm not saying she's my favorite character, but that was a care that 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 came out of nowhere for me, and I was and and I, I was on board with it, and I didn't know I was going to be. For me, it was a toss up between Zeb or Thrawn for different reasons. Um, because my initial favorite was Kanan, I, and I still love Kanan and Hera. I love those characters. But, like, over the years, like, Zeb just became such a nuanced character for me. Like, he was so deep, and there was so much there, and I kept kept going, I want more Zeb stuff. I want more Zeb stuff. Like, I want more with him, because he's so interesting. And, of course, his whole storyline with Callus is just one of the best storylines of the show. So, like, I was not expecting to love a giant purple cat man uh, and, and name my real-life cat after him, because I we got a cat, and I was like, you are a Zeb. <laughs> But, and, and the other one was, was Thrawn, because I entered Rebels knowing of Thrawn and knowing he was a thing, like, in Star Wars. But I didn't really know. Like, they, when they dropped the Thrawn trailer, I was like, all right, they're doing this thing. And I fell in love with that character. I, I, I came out, I immediately started getting the books and reading all the Thrawn books. I'm currently reading Thrawn. I'm trying to finish, finish Thrawn Ascendancy right now, the third one, before the next wave of High Republic books comes out. And it's not working. Uh, <laughs> Like, I was not expecting to leave Rebels being a Thrawn stan and writing my first fanfiction in, like, ten years and it being a Thrawn fanfiction. Like, I just, I was not expecting that, and I just totally fell for that character. Um, what about Rogue One? Rogue One is, is a tough one. For, for me. You can just be like, I don't have one. It's our 300th episode. Well, it's hard to say. I, I, I've been. I was try. I was trying to think about it, and it's like there wasn't much to. And 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 honestly, most of the people were one and done. You know, it would it, it would almost have to be Vader. You know, and and that just, works too. He's just, a character. Yeah, and and not so much in that last scene. The last scene is really cool. But the two scenes, the two scenes before it with the back to tank and the, the, you know, the, the corny line scene both served an important, just important little nice touches into, of, of <clears throat> that, that like, you know, these touches of, touches of where we're thinking of him as Anakin, you know? And and we have the 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 pathetic part where he's you know he's got to soak in it he's soaking in it as, as, you're soaking in it as Anakin and then we get the just taking care of you know taking care of business part of his stooge job where he's gotta gotta rough up one of the underlings and then we get the just sheer horrifying part of it the monster and, uh, at the end yeah 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 and it's sort of 
I, I don't like to bring it up because it's sort of, it's really like kind of detached from the real story of Rogue One, which is yeah. about. But that's the question. Like, yeah, Vader was the surprise character for you. Yeah. So, no, I think that's a perfectly okay answer. Um, so if you listen to our Buddy Rook Saved All of Star Wars commentary, when we did a commentary on Rogue One, you would know that I was shitting on Jenner's <laughs> I thought it was. I thought this was going to be Bodhi for sure. Uh, no, because I actually I loved Bodhi from the start. Um, he was always like my fave. That's um, true. But I was shitting on Jin Erso, and the last few years, um, I've come to really, really appreciate her. I and like the fact that she has like a complete mental health journey in her stories about overcoming grief, losing one but two fathers figures in the span of one movie, and learning to cope and pick herself back up. To start in a place where it, like where Cassian is like, what do you do when you see Imperial flags flying overhead? And she looks him dead in the eye and says, I just don't look up. To end with her sacrificing her life for a greater purpose, like. Jen is such a good character, and I've really come to love her over the last few years to the point where I would love to do another <laughs> commentary just about Jen, um, because she really does have a full journey and goes through pretty much every stage of grief <laughs> over the course of like two hours. And yeah, I've really come to love her. Well, I also think there's a cut. I think there's a cut of that movie that ha- that her character is a little like has some more well well formed motivations and stuff that they changed for various reasons, you know, or, or whatever for their to, to structure the film or something. But I have a feeling there's there's I, I know there's cut there's cut scenes, you know, and that they, they changed the way that she was talking to the rebels when she got to the you know the rebel base and stuff that that that, that were more coherent that were made it more like why she was there and stuff so i think there is it's it it, it, it was in there you know yeah i mean i still stand by say what i said during our commentary that buddy rook is the plot thread of the movie but jen urso is the heart of the movie and i still stand by that um what about the original trilogy for you well as an og star wars fan i I, well yeah i got vader on there because it's one of those things where retroactively it's changed you can't you can't look at vader on the screen in the original trilogy anymore through the eyes you can i imagine a little bit but it's it's the, the the character of darth vader has been completely changed between the the prequel trilogy and you know anakin and clone wars you know there's just there you can't you you can't get around it and i don't think it's a bad thing but it's it's definitely you know vader is vader is a different character now in in star wars yeah i can see that um for me and it's kind of sad and retrospect but i didn't really learn to appreciate leia until after carrie fisher passed away and i really hate saying that because i always thought leia was fine but like i grew up actually feeling in- intimidated by leia and padme and i talked about this in my star wars story because they were both so awesome and amazing and like badass that i actually couldn't see myself with them because i didn't feel 
good enough to be there. And that's why I really attached to Ahsoka because she was so flawed from the gate. And I'm like, I'm flawed. I love you, Ahsoka Tano. Um, so I actually really started appreciating Leia as an adult, which is something I didn't have in my childhood. Um, and especially after Carrie died and like really reading a lot of nuanced thoughts and posts and like really starting to think more critically about Leia. Um, Leia is the character that I have really changed how I felt about them over the years. And now I'm like, I can't be without Princess Leia or Carrie. And I hate that I came to that conclusion after Carrie died. So that's, yeah, Ugh, that one gets me. Um, last two, Mandalorian. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, definitely Boba Fett, but Mine second place, second place, just to just to because we're gonna go over Boba Fett. I'm gonna add uh, Bill Burr's character because Bill I... Burr is one of those guys that I'm a fan of. Bill Burr, Bill Burr's always talked a lot of shit about Star Wars, and I never thought of Bill Burr as a sort of Star Wars sort of guy. I've seen him act in other stuff in little parts, and he was always really good. Never would have pictured him in Star Wars when he showed up. I thought it was going to take me out of it. And it turned out he ended up being an awesome character. An awesome character. So I'm, I'm, I'll am i pick Bill Burr. But you know, I, I think really Boba Fett, like the, the fact just in Star Wars that I care about Boba Fett now is, is a minor miracle. I, yeah, I mean, because originally my first thought was Bill Burr's character too. And, and I'll... When we actually get into Mandalorian, I'm, I'm going to touch on that one because as much as Gino was a controversial figure, Bill Burr hasn't said the nicest things about trans people either, and that's a very complicated feeling because Cardoon's kind of dead to me, but, like, I love Bill Burr's character, so that's a very complicated feeling, and I'll talk about that when we get into Mando. Um, but I, I'm the same way. Like, I never gave up. I really, like, Clone Wars, I liked Boba, and I liked what they were doing with him, but I didn't, like, love him. And Mandalorian just made me love Boba Fett for the first time ever. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, I love this character. He's got something to do. Yeah. He has, he's, he's a got, person. He's a person. Got, yeah, he's got real motiv motivations I, and background I, and scars. I love and with trauma. <laughs> yeah. I love characters of trauma. Yeah. And that's why I love Trauma Luke in Last Jedi. That's why Trauma Luke's my favorite Luke in Last Jedi. Um Though that's not my choice for the sequel trilogy. But uh, Boba Fett is definitely mine because I was not expecting to love Boba I left that episode going, holy shit, I like Boba Fett now. <laughs> oh <Yeah>. my god. <laughs> and finally, for the sequel trilogy, what was yours? Uh, it's really, it's really... I mean, I think Ben Solo is the most interesting character in it. Um, but changing my opinion of anything, it's hard to even like judge that because I, I almost don't count a lot of stuff and, and nothing really got changed. There's no character that had a really like a coherent character arc that I can say change them or change. You, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I can't think of like anybody that like, I mean, basically I think, I, I think Ray and, and Ben carried the show by being fantastic actors and having the main storyline between them. 
but they didn't like do anything like spectacular for their characters you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. i don't know i that's, that's about as much as i can answer that one <laughs> for me it was been solo because i thought kylo was fine during the force awakens i thought i thought he was better in last jedi but i wasn't like feeling kylo and despite all the things that I despise about Tross, I left for the first time ever liking Ben Solo. Um, and a lot of it is the scene that of him and Han on top of the Death Star. That scene did wonders. <laughs> and so I left, I was surprised that I left Tross going, huh, I like Ben Solo now. I'm still not a fan of Kylo, but I like Ben Solo as a character. So it's been fun and like, I have friends who are Raylos, so I'm always like seeing Ben and through their eyes and stuff like that. And like, even though I'm not a Raylo, um, I do love my Raylos very, very much. And ship who you want, all ships are valid. Um, so like, I I've grown on Ben. Still not my favorite character of the franchise, but I I like Ben Solo now. He's, and I, I out of all things, Tross Tross made me love Ben Solo for the first he's time. He's definitely my favorite character. I think he's the most interesting character in the whole trilogy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for our final part, very uh, gold from what the I've fourth set show. some traps. Yeah, I see that. I, I see really, that. I really, this is really testing my evil genes because I had, I, 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 I set some up that were just like, I was like, I can't do that to hope. It's just, it's mean. Like this, I, I never play this game because this game has the potential. It's, it's like dabbling with the dark side. Mm-hmm. So I had That's to, why it's fun. I really had to temper it. I was mostly I, I'm gonna show my hand and say my my biggest goal with you, Hope, is I was trying to see who I could get you to kill. I was really trying to get you in a real real corner of who's gonna get killed. I was so much nicer to you. <laughs> yes. yes. So Mary Gold from What the Force Show suggested we play a few rounds of Kill Fuck Mary. And if you're not familiar with this game, we each give each other three characters of who we would kill, who who we would fuck, and who we, we would marry. Um, I will say one that's not on here was sent to me by Arzu, when she sent me three High Republic characters. She sent me Loading Great Storm, Skier, and or- Orla Jereni, and I was like, Arzu, this is so easy. You didn't even put me in pain. I would marry Loading Great Storm. I would fuck the fuck out of Skier because I love me a big lizard man. And as much as I like Orla, sorry, Orla, I don't, I'm going to kill you. But let's have a threesome because Orla and, and Skira are together in canon. That little tiny lady gets all up on that big old lizard man. And I'm like, let's have a threesome right, before we kill her. All right, help focus. So I, no, I just had to say that because it's not at the dog. But, but we'll have a threesome. I would happily be like, yes, Orla and Skira, fuck, and I'm going to join you. And then we'll space. Uh, we're, we'll sadly have to airlock Orla so I get to fuck the big lizard man myself. But no, I would absolutely marry Loading Great Storm in a heartbeat. I love him. So we wrote suggestions for each other, and we wrote this down by era because, again, if we did all the movies, there'd be so many. So first, uh, the prequel era slash Clone Wars. Chris, out of these three, who would you kill, fuck, marry? Grievous? Is that the order we're going? Is that the order we're going to stick to? If you oh. want. Okay. So. Yeah, I'm just saying we'll, 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 we'll stick to... Okay. Out so, of Grievous, Padme, and Mother Talzin of the Night Sisters. I the uh, I see the trap you've set for me, but I'm gonna kill Grievy. 
because he's evil. Yeah, uh, you know, you know, you know, you thought I was gonna fuck Grievy, but I'm not. I whatever Grievy's whatever Grievy's into, I'm not into. I thought you were gonna marry Grievy and take no, a No, Grievy would make a good husband. Come on. Um, <laughs> I would, I, I, I would, what, okay, what was, we, it was kill, fuck kill, Mary. kill, fuck, Mary. okay, um, so we're, so we're right in order, so Padme would, Padme would be fuck, uh, which seems odd, because she seems like the one you would want to marry, but I think Mother Talzin and I would actually be more compatible as a long-term relationship i don't you think did open this saying that your when your first love was so somebody who was like i'm a witch yeah exactly exactly <laughs> it came so, full circle <laughs> mother talzin's also maybe more in my age range i guess i don't know <laughs> okay so now we've got the ones i've chosen for you so it's it's kill fuck mary and we've got your choices are Anakin Skywalker, the Trash Man, Darth Maul, and Joe Camel, the Jedi, the the slow moving Jedi. So I just so everybody knows, um, Joe. If you're not if you're new to the show, Joe Camel is Tara Sanube. So <laughs> from the episode where Anakin, where Ahsoka loses her lightsaber. So though interesting, Tara Sanube is in the High Republic. So that man is 250 years old at least when Ahsoka's in that episode with him, and he's actually buddies with Yoda the entire time. So. Yeah. Yeah, I thought about these. I'd probably kill Tara Sanube by Joe Camel by... I'd actually probably fuck Anakin and Mary Maul. Really? Yeah. 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 Because I feel like Maul would be a person, like, at the end of the day, like, he's doing his own thing. He's running his own crime syndicates, but I could be a fancy, like, I could be a fancy wife to sit on his arm candy. And then, like, when shit got real, get in my speeder that he bought me and zoom away to my save my life. Right, right. With Um, your stash stash of diamonds that you've just been stashing away over the years. yeah. Yeah. But, like, Anakin Anakin has proved that he is fuckable, but not a great husband. But, and but just garbage as a husband. Ultimately, yeah. lethal as a husband. <laughs> yeah. And we have nothing to show that Maul is lethal as a husband. No. No. So I would we've, actually... We've never, <coughs> never seen never... that side of Maul. And, you know, I, as... I as an asexual woman, the fact that he doesn't have a bottom half doesn't bother me. Yeah, but it's the Star Wars universe, so he's gonna come equipped with with uh, he's got equipment. You know. Oh, that. me and Megan has come up with this whole thing. Yeah, he has um, night sister magic, that, so he can like sleep with Kira. We've come up with a thing. Um, so the next round is from. And, and this, this is all paired together because they're the same era. Original trilogy, Rebels, Rogue One, Solo. So that era. So Chris, and this one's kind of a sneaky one because it's not on this list. It's from the holiday special. Who would you kill fuck Mar- Mary out of Mala, Leia, and Yoda? Oh, Mala's married. Married, married, married. Mar- Mala would be married and fucked. Uh, every, everybody else could go out the. I'll I'll toss Leia and Yoda out the window. But Leia would be <laughs> fucked. Leia would be fucked. It will stick by the rules. Yoda, you're dead, man. 
sorry, buddy. I know a you know too much, and I know you too well. Sorry, Yoda. You, and and I I know the merrier fuck part. Yoda would be just way too into it. The merry part, like like if you're like Yoda, we're going out on a date and getting ready to go to Mary. It'd be like that scene in Pee Wee's Big Adventure where he's with the felon and like and like they're getting pulled over and Pee Wee dresses up as his wife. And then as and then like the fools a cop and then they're driving away and they're like fifty miles down the road and Pee Wee's still like <laughs> in, the, <laughs> in the wife outfit, <laughs> just totally enjoyed it. That's what Yoda would enjoy it too much. All right, all right. Um, all right, uh, kill, fuck, marry. Your three choices in in this one are um, Luke. Lando and Han, the three the three leads, male leads of the original trilogy. See, this would be hard if Leia was thrown in here too. <laughs> but this one's somewhat easier. Um, I thought this one would be kind of co- might be complicated, but no, maybe not. Because I don't have the strongest feelings towards Han. He's always just been like an okay character. He's fine, I, but I'm not like a Han Solo stan, so I could kill Han and be fine with it. Um, I would probably see the, the, the fuck part is totally subjective. So any three of them, depending on someone's taste could probably fall in that. But the Mary part of them, none of them just seem to be very, very good marriage material. And that's where I'm kind of stuck because I'm also not like, you know, my favorite Luke is trauma Luke in last Jedi. Um, I'm not the biggest <laughs> Luke fan in the original trilogy either. <laughs> um, I think he's a twink, so I'd probably fuck Luke and marry Lando. Because I think, like, for all of Lando's faults, I feel like he would still have, like, a streak of honesty. You know, like, he has yeah. that smuggler's code. That, yeah. like, I think, I think if he was going to be disloyal, he would talk to me first about it and be like, yeah. This He'd be like, hey, baby, you know how it is on the road with Lando, you know? And and even then, like, I feel like, I think beneath all the sleaziness, like, Lando has a good heart, and we've seen that. Like, there's a good heart under there. Oh, no, he's 100% romantic. Yeah, and I think he, like, he would have the best dates. He has a fucking cape room. We could wear capes together. Um, and, and, like, we saw how he treated L3. Like, he, he genuinely loved L3. And so I think Lando. Yeah, no, he's not a user of people. He's he he is sort of a user of people because he's like a con man. But he's not a user of people in like interpersonal relationship. He sort of seems to just like really enjoy people, you know, and yeah. re- like have a basic respect for him on unless he's yeah. And so you I feel off. like if there was any time where he was like not really feeling it anymore like i feel like he would talk to me i don't think lando would cheat like he seems like one of those people who would absolutely sleep with a bunch of women but he's kind of like boomhauer in uh in king of the hill boomhauer might sleep with a lot of women but he doesn't cheat like he cleanly breaks off before he goes to his next woman and that's how i feel like lando is like he doesn't he 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 drinks respect women water yeah yeah (laughs) um the next one, which is our second to last, is Resistance Mando slash sequel trilogy era. And Chris, who for you out of Bill Burr's character in Mando being Mayfield, Old Man Luke or Old Man Leia or Old Lady Leia, would you kill fuck Mary? Kill 
It's going to be scandalous. Old man Luke. Just because <gasps> he's, he's old and he's 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 kind of miserable. So he's he's better off as a Force <laughs> Ghost. He's better off as a Force <laughs> Ghost anyway. So See, I think you, you I'd, be doing him, I'd just be doing him a favor. He's just sucking blue blue titty and and grumping around his island. Um, Mary, another another scandal. It would probably be Mando Mayfield. Really? Because, yeah, I think we would. I think we would have more personality in. I definitely would. Bill, I would definitely have more personality characteristics with 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 Mando Mayfield. Although his, we don't know an awful lot about his character, but he would be more we fun to, to hang he... around on. He does care for people because we know he cares for his men, and like that's why he killed that officer because he got betrayed and he watched his friends get killed. But like young lady Leia, beautiful, just beautiful. Young Carrie Fisher, beautiful. But old lady Leia, we're going in the sack because old lady Leia, not only does she have all that life experience, but now she's unlike young Leia, she's powerful in the Force. Mm -hmm. So there we go. That's those are my three. I fucking hate you for mine. Uh, yeah, I, this this was so I think my, I think this was my most evil. This because I, I, I was like I should put Jabba on one of these, and I was like, no, nah, I'm not gonna do that to Chris. I'll be nice. I Asshole. I resisted all huts too. So we both we both were 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 good on that. But yeah, I I wrote this one a because I thought this one was just an equal equally a, a conundrum and at the same time that I could preface it this way. So, Hope, you've mm. always liked the bad boys. Mm, I don't like any I've of the bad boys. I've got to number one, two, and three oh. all identify themselves as bad boys. Ugh. All looking for... for you could have given me, like, <laughs> resistance, like, tyranny, pyre, and, like, phasma. We're looking no. for a date to the altar, a oh. date to the boudoir, and that's where the audience goes, Ooh. or a date to the grave. Bachelor number one is <laughs> Mr. Hux. <laughs> Bachelor number two, Skitty Snoke. No, fir no first or last name, just Snoke. And number three, everybody's favorite, Palpy, the Robo Emperor. You know what I read? <laughs> this is a choice between a Nazi, a malformed Let's monster face it, man. They're all Nazis, Hope. They're all Nazis. A malformed monster man and a zombie. It, That's what you, I see. You've got an incel Nazi. You've got just a, a giant, a giant malformed Nazi, and then you've got a robo, robo Nazi. That's a, a robo Nazi zombie. Zombie, yes. The zombie is a very important part of this. I'm gonna fucking kill the emperor for one. I I don't I don't want to touch no dead dicks. Thanks. Oh yeah. Oh god, he's part robot too, so even worse. Mm -mm. But the the zombie is a you know on top of everything else just he's dead he's gross that's 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 not no. a necrophiliac okay no. check no. okay i'll remember that at, i'll remember that at christmas time with the presents
I know what I know what not you know I know something not to put on the shopping list. No please corpses for hope. Digging. Don't go grave digging for me, please. No um, corpses for hope. Okay, so I guess I. God, this all sucks. Um, I guess I would fuck hot Hux because if I marry. Yeah. I, I would fuck Hux because I don't have to. Just because I'm married to Snoke doesn't mean I have to fuck him. And well, Hux honestly, also sounds the most like Fox. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna fuck Hux. Um, and here's my reasoning with Snoke to marry Snoke. For one, he's he'll die fast. <laughs> Kylo will take care of him for me, and then I can just leave and escape that marriage and be a widow, and then just get off his life insurance money. It'll be great. No, I would love if you had like this relation, the like that, the, like a bickering couple relationship where you're drunk and you're just like. You're half a man, Snoke. You used to be something. Now you're just half a man. And then it actually comes true. Now, the trap here is, is it every pickled Snoke? So every time his clone breaks down, do I still have to be married to the next set of clones? Or do No, we... it's it's bathrobe wearing Snoke from the... From okay, the, so as long as I don't have to stay with each pickled Snoke over time. It's, um, it's Play, Playboy Mansion bathrobe wearing Snoke. Oh, then I would probably marry Snoke, and then when Kylo kills him, I'll collect the insurance money and go on with my happy Absolutely. life. Yeah, get the castle. And we decided to do one last fun round, which is droids! Droids! So, and I, I have to say, as someone who just watched droids, like the Nelvana cartoon, C-P- C-3PO and R2-D2 are absolutely a couple. They absolutely Yeah, they're, they're Ernie and Bird all the way. For but sure. even more so, even more so. Laurel and Hardy, Laurel and Hardy, like in bed with their nightcaps on. Even more so, like <laughs> so. <laughs> so for Chris, I Jane, put Silent Bob. So for Chris, uh, who would you kill, fuck, Mary out of C three PO or two D two and Chopper? Oh, oh, this one was easy. Um, kill his C three PO. Come on, bye, three PO. You know. Although it would be interesting to have sex with C-3PO because you'd be just like, talk dirty to me, and that would be the some of the funniest shit you probably ever heard. But no, C-3PO out the window with you. And then... Like, here we get to the desert island thing again. I think Chopper and I would have more in common, but I think Chopper would be more exciting to have sex with, and R2-D2 would be more of a long-term... R2-D2 has shown what a long-term relationship is. Then again, so is Chopper with his loyalty to his dead dead pilot. So it's a tough choice, but I'll, I'll marry R2 and fuck Chopper. Chopper would be fun to fuck. <laughs> Even though fucking anything named Chopper is a very scary-sounding proposition for a guy, to tell you the truth, but... Uh, I'm sure lots of ladies have done it with bikers and gotten away with it. So, um, okay. So I've, I picked out a, uh, I picked out a whole, uh, group here for you for hope. We've got, uh, Toto 360. Cause I know you like the Toto 360. My favorite droid of Star Wars. AZ-13 from the Bad Batch. And CB-23. Resistance. I would marry CB23 in a heartbeat. <laughs> she is precious girl. She is MVP of the show. She is perfect in every way, and she's sassy and she's funny and she looks out for you. She would have my back. 
She would protect me. She would beat up people for me. I would absolutely marry CB23 in a heartbeat. She is, I, she is, I love CB23. Um, I, God, she's one of my favorite parts of Resistance, especially season two when she is like there as a staple, man. I love CB23. Um, as much as it pains me to say, because I loved this character in Clone Wars, and then when they brought him back in Bad Batch, uh, they, brought, yep. they brought him back in Bad Batch, and he was just a precious baby the whole time, and we almost lost him there. It pains me to say that I would kill AZ because Ooh, I, just, I thought I, you were going to say Toto. No, it pains me to say that, because uh, AZ's a good boy, but I just feel like Toto would be just such a good time to fuck. He would just be so much fun. And there's always a chance that like Cad Bane might walk in. And I just feel like, and I love my Cad Boo. I love Cad Boo. If Cad Bane walked in and I'm fucking Toto, I'd just be like, you can join. And I'd be like, you bring your cowboy hat. Come can on I over, say baby. this about AZ1, though? Huh? Nose is anatomy. That's, oh, no, that's, that's a, that's a valid point, but I still think I'm going to stick with mine because there's always a chance that Cad Bane could walk in with that cowboy hat and some ass caps. <laughs> Ooh, I love that Cad Bane. <laughs> love that man. So thank you, everybody who sent us questions. Like, it was so great to hear from you. Man, like, Twitter, I just you- see Cad Bane like, are you having sex with my robot? <laughs> and I'd be like, yes, you want to join? Come join us, sir. <laughs> I mean, he'd probably just shoot me and go on with his. Life. I'm uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, saying there's, there's quote unquote reality, and then there's fan fiction version. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what a way to go out! I know. I'd be like fucking Cad Bane's droid, and he shoots me, and I'd be like, you know, I'll die happy and satisfied. It'll be fine. Um, Good night, everybody. Happy 300 episode. <laughs> yeah, I do want to say, like, thank you, everybody, for sending us questions and making this possible. You guys were so great. We really appreciate it. Um, thank you for being with us for 300 episodes and having this fun time. Um, because, like, we've done, like, roundtables and all sorts of things and, like, talked about the show and the podcast and stuff like that. But uh, it really means a lot for to me and Chris to be doing this for six years, six, six plus years um and having you guys along on this ride for us and joining us and we are so happy that you're here and god we're starting mando next week it's crazy yep that's insane <laughs> so do you we're have crazy. anything to, do you have anything to say about 300 episodes yeah thanks for listening everybody and i as we go forward tell all your friends because as the years go by there's just we just get more and more like jump potential jumping on points for you know anybody who lo- loves their loves their star wars tv shows you can pro- you know you can probably uh for the i mean we're we're so close to being up to date now that like there's just so many star wars tv shows that you can uh watch along with us now i am really i i do have to say um because it didn't come up at all in this I also got to give a shout out to Star Wars Visions, which might be one of my favorite pieces of Star Wars ever made. Um, and we had nothing about Visions tonight, but I also just want to say going through the nine episode or the ten episode, no nine episodes of Visions together in that three part miniseries might be just one of my favorite things. We just, yeah, we just don't know the characters well enough yet to fuck, marry or kill any of them. 
but like still like that was one of just that that <laughs> mini series like i was sad i i loved the fuck out of it every single time and i was sad when it ended and and i'm still sad that it ended because i wanted i loved doing visions with you um so give a season two a vision so we can do more because yep. i i just i freaking love the heck and heck out of visions um well if you don't have anything else then where can people find you chris you can find me at twotruefreaks.com. That is the website that holds all the J Guys and Jedi's episodes, all 300 and some. There's actually more than 300 of them. And uh, you can uh, sign up for our RSS feeds there. And uh, you can also find us on Facebook. We got the Two True Freaks podcast page where we put up all our episodes there. And we have the Two True Freaks Cantina where you can come have a little sit down, talk talk about them nerds nerd things and uh we are also on twitter where we have the currently on vacation but still active in j guys and jedi because we have him canned in on file gene gene the vacation machine you can't talk shit about twitter because they came through with us with these questions at least for today okay they came through with us with Gene. Gene! <laughs> <laughs> but that's where you can find me. Over here, loving Twitter for today. Then back next week, hating on Twitter. Where can they find you, Hope? You can find me at Jedi. That's where uh, I run our Twitter account. You can also follow me at Hope Mullinax. I also write for the Geeky Waffles, so you can read all sorts of my stuff over there at with them. Um, as I've said a few times in the show, I've also been on a few episodes of Space Waffles, which is their Star Wars podcast run by my friend Arzu Amin. Um, if you want to hang out with me Friday nights, I'm the live stream moderator for Pink Milk, our, our friend's Pink Milk, uh, over on YouTube. So you can come hang out in the steam room and watch me, you know, moderate if you want to and get steamy with us because there's a reason we call it the steam room um, every Friday night. And lately that's been at 1030, but when time change happens, usually it's like 10 or 11 and just you know watch watch out for it um so you can hang out with us over there on youtube so yay we start the mandalorian next week yes i know i i'm again i'm i'm mixed and i think so much of it's because animation is like my love of star wars and not live action <laughs> so i'm just like but i want to do bad bitch <laughs> Are we going to do both seasons of take... Mando and then pick up Bad Batch? Or are we going to do Bad Batch between the seasons of Mando? We could do We could do that. I would be fine with doing that. Because we'll, we'll see how we feel at the end of season one. Because season two of Mando like, just ended. And I kind of feel like I would like a little... But, you know, yeah, same, that... argument, same argument with Bad Batch. Bad Batch just ended too. Just so. ended too, yeah. I know, so. I know. So we'll see, we'll see. But we'll, we're at least starting season one of Mando next week. And finally... <gasps> Chris! Chris! Baby Yoda's coming. We, ha we have to comfort Yoda. Poor Yoda. Is Baby Yoda coming? Oh, Jesus. It's going to be a terror. Yoda, that is. Oh, my God. He's going to be such a prick. He's going to be such a prick. Oh, hurt his feelings so bad. He's going to be pissed enough that I that I killed him today in Mary Fuck Kill. Yeah. Absolutely he is. But, I mean... I mean, I don't know if he... Li I assume he listens to the show. I don't know. So... 
We'll find out. <laughs> Come back next week to see it. a good way if... to find out if someone listens to the show is play a game of Mary Fuck Kill with a minute. <laughs> yeah. Come back next week to see if Yoda has murdered both of us and Grogu. <laughs> Goodbye. Because we know Yoda loves murder. Good night, everybody. <laughs> and thank you for staying with us for 300 episodes. We love you. And if you're a new fan and you just recently joined, we love you too. A fan is a fan is a fan of a fan. If you've been with us since episode one or if you've just recently joined us um, through like our more recent coverage, we love you very much. So thank you for being part of our show. Bye, guys. A fan, how about this poem? A fan is a fan is a fan is a fan, whether you've been here forever or you just began. <gasps> I'm stealing that from you. Okay. You started it, so I just worked off what you were saying. So I'm stealing that from you. I love it. <laughs> All right, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs> bye bye. Visit our website at two truefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T W O. T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S You can email 2TrueFreaks directly at 2TrueFreaks at gmail.com 2TrueFreaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. Dumbass. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True Freaks. Freaks.